The CFO for Xbox is making waves with recent comments that some are calling mixed messaging, while others are calling it a sign of major changes. Some of us have speculated that Xbox would move into a more third-party publisher role in the future, and the remarks from Tim Stewart, the CFO at Xbox, seem to point to that being a possibility. So I want to walk through what was said, but I also want to look at the response from gamers. I want to look at the response of people in the public. Big Xbox fans are weighing in on this, and then I want to give you my own thoughts on this subject as well at the end. We're now dubbing this segment of the show here on Reforge Gaming as Input Delay. I'm your host, Lono, and the goal here is to delay my input on a subject while also considering what others think who may not agree with me. So this information broke yesterday. We didn't cover it yesterday. I didn't do a video on it. I went, I grabbed as much research and feedback as I could to give you what I feel is a fair accounting of what happens. We're striving to be very accurate here, but we're also striving to open up the discussion for you to add your input in the comments or the live environment. So join the discussion with a comment below or you know, make sure you are here for the live show. So I open up the shows with this info, with this sort of monologue, so you don't have to go searching for the content. So it is a longer video, but you can watch these openers and kind of get my thoughts. Make sure you hit subscribe, check the bell button, that way you are here for the live shows. More signs that Xbox may be evolving into more of a third-party publisher showed up in an interview with the Xbox CFO. And the response has been sort of all over the place. Big-time Sony fans are clamoring to say, hey, we told you so, Xbox is leaving the console space and they're becoming a third-party publisher. Some big Xbox fans are calling on Sarah Bond and Phil Spencer for some clarity as they see Tim Stewart's comments as sort of mixed messaging. So I want to break this into three sections. First, I just want to tell you what happened. The CFO had some remarks that we definitely need to hear before moving on to the second section. Now, I'm not going to put the audio of his comments in this monologue, in this portion, but I will do that in the live environment. So if you're watching this video on my other channel or you're listening to it elsewhere, you may want to go to Reforge Gaming for those live shows if you want to see or hear some of those extra things like there's actual audio of his comments. Now, in the second section, I want to discuss the reaction. All right. I want to do my best to represent and try to understand all the various responses. Okay. It's hard not to let my opinion and bias step in too heavily here. I'm going to use that in my third section because there are a lot of people weighing in out in the public and commenting on this, making videos, throwing their hat in the ring and saying, this is bad. This is good. This is whatever. There's a, a variety of responses. Now, we're going to include some of my previous predictions and coverage for when Phil Spencer said similar things earlier in November of 2023 in a Famitsu interview. So I have a video already about this where I said it seems like they're becoming more of a publisher. So first, what happened? Recently, there was a Wells Fargo TMT Summit conference, and Xbox's CFO Tim Stewart was talking about how things are going to look going forward for the company after the Activision Blizzard deal. Now, the first thing he says that lays the groundwork for some strategy talk later is he speaks about how large the mobile market is. And in this, he makes it clear that the Xbox console slice of the pie is not growing that fast, and it just doesn't seem like a priority. This is what he says. 
We think about the console landscape and part of the real evolution of the deal was, hey, look, we've got a fixed console audience with Xbox or relatively fixed, but not growing that fast. You've got a couple hundred million kind of console addressable market. You've got 300 million or 400 million kind of in the PC gamer market. And then you have billions in the mobile market. So you can see in this quote that part of the as he says real evolution of the deal as he calls it is looking for something outside of xbox they look at the relatively fixed console audience with xbox and he concedes it's not growing that fast this is confirmed by slowing sales numbers of the consoles and even phil spencer had remarks that they were already plateauing with game pass on console and saw bigger growth opportunities on pc the reason I think this quote is so important is it lays groundwork for the more infamous quote you may have seen about first party experiences and subscriptions coming to other platforms, platforms that they previously considered competitors. The following is a direct quote. I've corroborated this with multiple news sources, and I even listened to the audio of him saying this myself. This is what he says. It's a bit of a change of strategy. Not announcing anything broadly here, but our mission is to bring our first-party experiences and our subscription services to every screen that can play games. That means smart TVs. That means mobile devices. That means what we would have thought as competitors in the past, like PlayStation and Nintendo. Keep in mind, he says two very important things here. First, he admits that this is a change in strategy. Second, he says their mission is to bring first-party experiences and subscription services to platforms that were previously thought of as competitors. This is what is causing the responses and the reactions from the public. So again, the first quote is very important to understand the second. The real evolution of the deal was looking at the relatively fixed Xbox console audience and seeing a much larger market in PlayStation, Nintendo, PC, and mobile. So the comments about a bit of a change of strategy are made in light of this, in light of them looking at the bigger picture. Now, let's move to the reaction. So that's basically what got everybody stirred up. It's why people are like, yep, Xbox is going to become a third-party publisher. They're going to start putting their first-party content everywhere. So let's look at the reactions, okay? Now, the goal of highlighting reactions is I want to give a broad and fair showing of what folks are saying across the spectrum of the public. So the first thing that I am seeing from those who are more on the Xbox side of things. So I'm trying to follow and pay attention to what people who really sort of are on the Xbox side of things, what do they have to say? Well, this is a common response I'm seeing. They're saying, well, this is just about Call of Duty. It's just about big games like Call of Duty. I can actually see that side of this. Call of Duty is now a first-party game. We have to remember that. So when he says, we want to put our first-party experiences on platforms that were considered competitors, he may be just referring to Call of Duty. Phil Spencer said similar things about Call of Duty and Minecraft in recent interviews. I don't, however, think that that is what Tim Stewart had in mind when he said this. So I can see why somebody would think that, but for starters... He says it is a change in strategy, and then he immediately says he's not announcing anything broadly, but then he goes on to say our mission is to bring our first party experiences, okay? So when he says he's not announcing anything broadly, he gave that qualification because he's speaking broadly. 
He's not speaking about one title in particular, especially when he says our mission. He doesn't just say first party experiences, you know, like, and then he gives some examples. He also says first party experiences in the plural, and he includes subscription services. This does not seem like a narrow view or a view that's just referring to big games like Call of Duty. He seems to have a very broad view in mind here that we've got our first party experiences, we've got our subscriptions, we want those on our comp- what we used to consider our competitors, okay? I get why somebody might think he's talking about Call of Duty, but I disagree with that take. Now, another response I'm seeing is Xbox is headed to becoming a third-party publisher. I don't necessarily disagree or fully agree with this. I think they are definitely sending signals that they are heading to being more of a third-party publisher, but I don't think it's going to be like this clean break. We know they have plans for a hybrid console device that will basically be like a console and a cloud. Satya Nadella even indicated that they wanted to have like a controller that served as a cloud access point, like one central thing that people could buy. That doesn't really sound like third-party publisher to me. I'm not sure if their internal documents that we saw pointing to them becoming an ecosystem or launching this hybrid console, I don't think that leaves a lot of room for just completely vacating the idea of being a platform. I see this more of a lean, if that makes sense. They're going to heavily lean into being a large third-party publisher while also maintaining some semblance of a platform. I don't see a cloud console hybrid being a traditional console push. Even Phil Spencer said recently, I'm going to quote this later, when he was talking with Famitsu about they don't want to do what everybody else is doing with hardware with their next hardware push. I do think that flows into something else people are saying. This is another reaction that I'm seeing. No more console, okay? People are saying there's not going to be any more Xbox consoles. Again, I do not fully agree or disagree with this. I think the future of the Xbox console is one that doesn't fully interest me because I don't think you can market a strong console or run on the power narrative when the majority of the console owners are on the Series S. I think the hybrid cloud access console is actually very likely and that may feel like they've vacated the console space, but I don't think we see a full hardware exodus from Microsoft just yet maybe in 10 or 15 years but not in the immediate future i think the next round of hardware that we see like when the ps6 hits the market likely in 2028 2029 i believe xbox will still have some kind of a hardware push either before or around that time that will likely be whatever this hybrid console push thing that they want to do that's not them vacating but i do feel like that is an in in essence that is them sort of abandoning the console fight and completely leaning towards saying, listen, we're more of a publisher, we have an ecosystem, we have a platform, but they're not going to be out there trying to quote-unquote out-console Sony or Nintendo. That fight is basically over and done. This is the second generation in a row that they're handedly losing that fight, so they don't want to fight that fight anymore. I think that's probably the right strategy. They lose money on the hardware, they can make way more money on the software. Now, another response and reaction that I'm seeing is that Game Pass will come to PlayStation and Nintendo. Now, this is a prediction that I have always pushed back on. Phil Spencer made it clear that he would love for Game Pass to be on other consoles a while back, and I've always thought that Nintendo and PlayStation would be against that as they have their own subscriptions. If PlayStation keeps pushing into cloud gaming, which I believe that they will, especially with the popularity of the PlayStation Portal, 
having that as being part of their PS Plus Premium, a Game Pass ecosystem or a cloud-based subservice, Game Pass being on their platform, that would be direct competition. That would be conflict of interest. I can't see them wanting to do that. Now, I can see Xbox wanting to do that, right? Hey, we want to be on your platform because PlayStation's market saturation is very good right now. Same with Nintendo. The next Nintendo Switch, if it even comes close to the current Nintendo Switch, will be incredible. And being on that platform could be very valuable. Even if Xbox completely abandons being a platform and is strictly focused on just like Game Pass and cloud gaming, I still see that as being in conflict with what PlayStation is offering. Now, Nintendo, I'm not sure. They don't really do a lot with other people it doesn't seem like they stand pretty tall on their own they do have their own subscription service as well so suddenly booting up a nintendo switch and seeing game pass on there i just don't know if they would be cool with that that seems very you know anti everything that we know about nintendo now another response that i was seeing and at first i agreed with this response but then i found myself disagreeing with it okay there was a lengthy thread and they basically said without game pass on nintendo or playstation there will still be platform exclusives for xbox what they were pushing back on is the notion that there will no longer be xbox exclusives they're like there's still going to be xbox exclusives okay if game pass isn't on playstation nintendo that's going to be how they drive people to game pass And I was like, hey, that's a pretty sensible and logical take because it is. I think that's a fair way to look at it. But I don't necessarily agree with this because any game that launches on Xbox and PlayStation and Nintendo, just imagine a game that lands in all of those places. Well, it holds great value if it hits Game Pass day and date. That carries really good value for existing or potentially new subscribers to Game Pass. Yeah, you can buy the game on PlayStation, you can buy the game on Nintendo, but it hits Game Pass day and date. I think that's a good dividing line. I don't necessarily think the absence of Game Pass on Nintendo or PlayStation will assume and ensure that you keep getting Xbox exclusives. It does really seem like they're going to lean away from that. Satya Nadella himself said if it was up to him, (laughs) there would not be exclusives. It might be up to him, okay? He's higher on the food chain, and he may pull that trigger. I think there's a strong possibility of not seeing a lot of first-party exclusives for Xbox at some point in the future. I don't think they're going to completely stop doing it, but I do think it's going to be a significant downturn, and maybe at some point it just won't even be a thing they do anymore if they don't really exist as a platform. Another reaction I saw is they have to recoup all the money from the Activision deal, okay? Not just the Activision deal, they have spent over or around $100 billion in acquisitions. They gotta recoup that. Well, I think that's a fair take. Spending roughly $100 billion in acquisitions requires a strategy to get back a lot of revenue. And Tim Stewart, CFO, right? He's the financial guy. He made it very clear that they looked at platform reach and they clearly looked beyond what they considered to be a sort of fixed console audience on Xbox. So in light of how much they spent and the CFO's comments, I think this is a very fair take. It's likely a big contributing factor going forward. Now, before giving my own thoughts on this, I've been pushing back or agreeing or disagreeing with all the different reactions out there, but I'm going to give you my thoughts. I saw folks posting and asking Phil Spencer and Sarah Bond for clarity on what they feel like is mixed messaging. The general feel of these tweets, I'm not putting words in anybody's mouths, I literally saw people asking this is, 
why would I buy an Xbox going forward? Like, what, w- what would be the reason? If you guys are really going to start doing this, if, like, all the property you own is going to land everywhere, what's the point in buying an Xbox? I think this is a valid question. I own a Series X, and I really feel like the power narrative and the performance narrative has been completely abandoned by Xbox. If you compare how they're marketing the platform now to the Project Scarlet marketing, or when they first started talking about the Series X, it's completely different. They're not marketing on power and strength anymore. They're primarily focusing on the Series S, and that's just not a console where you can focus on power and performance. It's understandable. It's a weaker system. So that shift has already happened. Well, if another shift is happening, and they're going to lean more into just publishing games, it's completely fair to say, hey, why, why should I buy an Xbox? What's sort of the point of buying this? Okay? If all Xbox-owned property lands on PlayStation... What's the real draw? What's the real reason to owning an Xbox console? I think those are fair questions. We will see if there is any kind of a a response or an answer from Phil about this. So, that was all the reactions I saw out there. If you feel like I didn't represent one of those reactions fairly or maybe I missed something, leave a comment below or you can talk in the live chat when I'm done here with this monologue in a second. So, what are my thoughts on this, especially given my show a few weeks ago? I speculated Phil Spencer was already hinting at Xbox becoming more of a publisher than a platform. Whenever I ran that show, people were like, Xbox is already a publisher. I was like, I know. I'm saying, like, that's primarily what they're going to become. Not not really a platform anymore, right? So I covered that a couple of weeks ago because of that Phil Spencer interview. I think a lot of what is being said in this interview with the CFO sounds very similar to what Phil Spencer said just earlier this month. Now, when I covered that... I considered the possibility that, hey, they're going to they're gonna become more of a publisher. And it feels like their role is going to shift as that's their primary role. It's not that they're going to stop being a console. It's not that they're going to stop being a platform. I just feel like that's taking a back seat. And they're more focused on, listen, we got a lot of property. Let's put it everywhere. Let's make a ton of money. That seems to be the strategy. Now, just listen to how Phil addressed the question of hardware in that very interview. He said, Regarding hardware, I am very excited and looking forward to seeing what we can do in the future. In terms of hardware, I think we can offer something unique to Xbox users rather than just following what other companies are doing. Now, if they're not following what other companies are doing, then a future having like a competing console, that's probably not going to be their approach. It'll be something very different. Likely, it will be the console cloud hybrid that will not be pushing power, it will be pushing accessibility, approachability, it will be pushing access. Maybe they get better with cloud gaming and they can offer you like really high level performance on xCloud. Currently, they're dealing with lots of issues with capacity as well as quality on xCloud. They need to iron that out. Now, the Famitsu interviewer, they picked up on the exact same vibe with Phil Spencer that the Xbox CFO said, like similar things. This is what they asked Phil. They said, 20 years ago, you probably viewed Nintendo and Sony Interactive Entertainment as rivals. When did you start viewing Xbox as a community? So in this interview, Phil's talking about like, hey, we're a community. We're a multi-platform community. And the interviewer's like, this sounds very different. You know, when did this change happen? And then you got the CFO coming out and saying what he's saying. Phil goes on to say in the interview that Minecraft was the catalyst for his change in thinking. My feeling on this for a while has been that Minecraft was almost like a bridge. They saw how much money they could make with a multi-platform title, and Call of Duty is certainly the next one they plan to do this with. 
But when I look at what Phil Spencer said, and then I look at what the CFO said, it's clear that internally, they are looking at more than just Call of Duty and Minecraft. They are looking at their first party titles, as well as their subscription, as a road for growth. And the best place to do that is not on the Xbox console alone. I actually think there is good and bad if Xbox primarily starts functioning as a third-party publisher. The good could be that maybe they're more hands-off. Maybe they focus less on delivery cadence for Game Pass, and that would help game quality go up. Looking back on 2023, I would not say that game quality from first-party Xbox titles has been very consistent. User review scores for Redfall, Starfield, and Forza Motorsport are all pretty poor. The public is not scoring these games very well. I don't really care what the Metacritic outlets are saying. If you look at what the users are saying, the general public has not scored first-party Xbox content this year very well. If they function more in a buy-to-play market, game quality could go up because you need the games to sell. Devs could be given more time. But the bad that could come from this is also a factor. Xbox as a brand could lose a lot of its identity. Games that have to push a brand and a console, well, they tend to have to be very high quality. When I look at Nintendo and PlayStation, their first party games are not just big system sellers. They're huge on the sales charts and quality as well as their review scores. So the concern would be that quality and identity are diminished by this push into being more of a third-party publisher. Now, my pushback on that idea is that most of what Xbox now owns was not their property five years ago. So we're not going to see some major disruption in quality. I mean, look at what Activision did to Modern Warfare 3. That was their own doing, right? The bad scores and the bad state of Modern Warfare 3 has nothing to do with Xbox. I do have a concern after what happened with Halo Infinite, that Microsoft's corporate policy for contracts will cause issues. I have confirmation from someone who works at Blizzard that the 18-month contract policy is hitting all teams because they're now owned by Microsoft. Blizzard previously had this policy in place because they're Blizzard. Why would they not have a destructive policy, you know, just like Microsoft did. Look how great Diablo 4 turned out, right? Well, Blizzard had a three-month buffer. So after 18 months of being on a contract, you could come back after three. Well, that buffer is now six months because they have to abide by the Microsoft corporate policy. What this means is that ZeniMax, everything under ZeniMax, right? Bethesda, all the Activision studios, they are also likely facing this exact same policy rollout. Now, I've been concerned about this ever since we learned that roughly half of 343 were on a contract and they had to leave every 18 months. People that formerly worked at that company and are now working on other games said it was terrible, it was damaging to the teams, it was damaging to the project cohesion. This could be absolutely tectonic to the teams, the devs, and the projects that are now under Microsoft. Similar to what we saw with Jedi Survivor. It was pushed out before it was ready. It made a ton of money, top sales charts, and now the director left the company, right? That was one, that was on Disney. Disney won a new Star Wars game every six months. That game clearly came out six to ten months before it should have. Corporate-level decision-making could help Xbox become a very successful third-party publisher, but they're just going to make a ton of money. They're going to make a ton of money on PC, PlayStation, Nintendo, and especially mobile. But it's hard for me to see that as a good thing. Unless Microsoft backs off on their contract policy, gives the devs and the teams a lot of autonomy, it could be damaging to the games that are coming. You could end up with a lot of games that are clearly not ready, and they're just trying to capitalize on big brands and popular titles to make back that money from the acquisition. At the end of the day, these are just my thoughts on where Xbox ends up.
So, I want to know your comments in below, or check me out in the lives over on Reforge Gaming. So let me give you my thoughts and my conclusions on this. As we continue to watch the evolution of Xbox, I really can't say that I'm shocked anymore. A lot of this were things that many of us saw coming, okay? This year alone, I felt like, man, we we thought that might happen. We thought that might happen. It kind of keeps happening, so I'm not necessarily shocked, but I will say that the rate at which it seems to be happening continues to feel very rapid and sped up. In just three years' time, the Xbox that I thought I was buying into with the Series X doesn't even seem to exist anymore. I figured we would get one more round of traditional Xbox console push, and then maybe in 10 years we would see the shift that we're seeing now. They seem to want to do this in the immediate future, like right now. So the second thing I want to say is, I wonder if the CFO's remarks from the FTC case now make more sense. After Bethesda was told all their future property would be exclusive, he said, wow, he did not seem to expect that decision. And now he's indicating a change in strategy. If I'm Bethesda, if I worked on Starfield, I would have some pretty tough questions for Phil if the push to third party becomes more concrete. If they start putting all their newly acquired property everywhere, I'd be pretty ticked off if I had worked on Starfield. I believe Pete Hines was very unhappy about that, which led to him retiring a little earlier than maybe he was planning on it. My conclusion is this. When Microsoft wrote all these checks for acquisition, I think many people thought they were going to silo up and wall everyone off. I remember arguing with people about, oh no, they'll make Call of Duty exclusive. And I was like, there's no way they would, that under the weight of this acquisition, Xbox may look very differently than they originally were. Now, many have pointed out that you can't spend $100 billion in acquisition and recoup the cost on the smallest gaming platform, right? They're like, listen, if you spend $100 billion in acquisition and you want to recoup those costs, you can't do it if you're only putting your content on the smallest gaming platform. You need to be everywhere. Now, while some of us saw this coming and predicted that Xbox would focus more on software distribution and less on hardware and less on a console platform, I cannot say that I'm excited about this prospect. But as I said, those are just my thoughts. And I would like to know, what are your thoughts? And that's the show open. Had a little blip there at the end, guys. If your audio gets weird or desynced, we switched ingest servers. Sometimes YouTube does that. They tend to do that when we're having like a really, really strong start. I think they put us on maybe more stable ingest servers. I don't know. But if your audio acts up or feels desynced or anything like that, just refresh and that will fix it. And do me a favor and smash the like button and you know let's get members going let's get coffee orders going i am wearing a very cool new shirt if you like cuphead right figured it was an xbox day all right let's wear a cuphead shirt uh cuphead great game little pulp fiction mashup here this is from ripped apparel there's a link below in the description you can go to bitly forward slash reforge ripped and that'll give me credit and support me and you can also go take advantage of their amazing lineup of shirts so thank you guys so much for being here. Darth Nihilus with 23 months of memberships and a VIP. Thank you so much, sir. Guys, I want to know what you think about this, right? There's a lot of different opinions on this one. Uh, we're seeing people say, there's no way they vacate consoles. We're seeing people say, oh no, they're vacating 
consoles. We're seeing people say, you know, they're going third-party publisher. There are people like, no way, they're not going to do that. Where do you guys land on this? What do you think the plan is going forward for Xbox? Reaper with 32 months, and it's a VIP. Yolono, no, happy to see you live. Let's go. Welcome back, Reaper. Guys, don't forget that the Frickmas blend is back. It is back. We, uh, we, we put this in the frame to remind you. We have three flavors of coffee light roast a dark roast and now the frickmas blend is here merry frickmas to you it's the holiday season and that is our holiday flavor limited time limited run get your orders in now and i will try to shout you out make sure you put your username in there on that order form so i can shout you out on the stream if you happen to order any reforge roast yo what's good brooklyn breed good to see you Eugene says the CFO wouldn't be commenting on putting games on competitors on competitors if he was talking about games already there. They don't have to put those games there. The only games they can put there are new. I think that's an excellent point. I actually I wish I would have made that point. That's such a good point. Y- yeah, I don't think you can say he's talking about Call of Duty and Minecraft because he's talking about a change. They're already doing that. They've already indicated that Call of Duty is going to continue to be on these other platforms. They pointed to Minecraft as like, listen, that's something that we own and it's everywhere. He's like, you're going to see a change in strategy. We're going to start putting our first party experiences and subscriptions on platforms you consider to be competitors. Well, that can't be something that's already there. That This is, this is something different. This is something new that you're going to be doing in the future. A five bomb from Rabbit kicks the day off to start. The, the, I can't talk. Han shot first and so did you. Sorry, usually the first member is a single, not a five bomb. You threw me off with your generosity, Rabbit. Thank you guys so much. We're at about 2,000 members. At 2,500, we're going to do a community game night. So that's our goal right now. Get us to 2,500 members. Jump in on your own. You don't got to wait for a gifted, but if you can't afford a membership, there's other ways to support the channel. Hit the like button. Hit subscribe. Talk in the chat. Those are all great ways to get a gifted from the very generous people that are here. Brooklyn Breed hits seven months of memberships. Man, seven months, he says. If I see Halo or Gears on PlayStation, I'm selling the frick out of my Xbox Series X. twenty. That seems crazy. Maybe not Gears. Gears doesn't feel as crazy if it suddenly shows up on like a PlayStation. But Halo, that feels like another universe. I just, I don't know if that, I don't know. Tommy Humphreys with 24 months says Microsoft canceled their console. Nobody realized no more console exclusives. Play the audio. The tone says it all. Yeah, let me play the audio for you guys just really quickly here in the beginning of the show. Okay, Um, because I listened to the audio. I wanted to make sure I was like, okay, is this really what this guy is saying? Right. Is he actually saying that you know we're gonna make this change. We're gonna do this thing. All right. So let me let me let me point this. Let, 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 listen to this. Let me let me hang on. Let me turn this. All right. Here we go. Just listen to what he has to say. All right. You know, and really for you know gaming it at Microsoft. I'm gonna turn the music off. When we look at what we've done the last ten years and where we're going, uh, we think a lot about the cross-platform play, which is. I want to play on all the devices that I have and all the screens that I have. And I think it's, that's, that's really when I think it's the sort of holistic, uh, the holistic lens is the how do I make sure that we're on Xboxes and I'll say Playstations and Nintendo Switches 
So I'm going to pause it right there. So he references a couple things there. He's talking about a holistic lens, okay? And he's talking about the future. So he's basically vision casting here. He's like, listen, this is where we're going in the future. We're looking at things through a holistic lens. And my producer is getting on you guys. He wants 300 likes. Let's go, guys. Almost 700 people here. We could easily have 300 likes. All right, let's keep listening. In a mobile landscape, how are we on mobile? And that's really, maybe lastly, is where we're going in this business is that expansion of operating leverage. Uh, Where they're going. This is where they're going. Yes, and he says the cross-platform play. He's not talking about you being able to play cross-platform. He's saying the definite article, the cross-platform play. This is a play they're making, okay? This is where they want to go. Where we think about placing our bets, first party, subscriptions, advertising. Those are all high-margin businesses that we want to expand into. And what you'll hear from us more and more is a bit of a change of strategy. And again, not- what you'll hear from us more and more is a bit of a change of strategy. He's saying, you're going to hear this from us, okay? <clears throat> now, he's about to say this is not a broad, they're not making any broad announcements here, but he's, he's vision casting. He's basically saying, this is where we're going. Not announcing anything broadly here, but our mission is to bring our first party experiences, our subscription services to every screen that can take a, a that can play a game. That means smart TVs. That means mobile devices. Uh, that means what we would have thought as competitors in the past, like PlayStation and Nintendo. Right. Uh, we're going to NVIDIA, GeForce Now, their, their, their gaming subscription service. I know you're having Colette, I think, on tomorrow. You can yeah. talk to her about that. Um, but when we think about taking our businesses to these endpoints, again, it's that high-margin business to new gamers. You know, and really High-margin business to new gamers. This is where they're taking it. Like a five bomb from Outsider. Thank you so much. Getting us so much closer to the next goal. You're the best. Thank you very, very much. If you guys just got a gifted member from Outsider, make sure and say thank you. Now, Zubair is saying, weren't we expecting everything to go exclusive? Okay. If you want to gift memberships, click the dollar sign at the bottom of the chat. It should be an option there to gift memberships. If you want to pick up your own membership, click that dollar sign at the bottom of the chat the audio really slams this idea home yes if you listen to the audio it's crystal clear he's not being he's not like speaking you know off the cuff and makes a mistake he's saying listen this is where we're going you're gonna hear for this from us more and more okay you're gonna hear from us more and more i should have included this in the show open and i didn't do you remember the interview where he said we're gonna be going with a strategy of first better or best that is not what he's saying now. He is not saying first, better, or best. He's saying, we want it. We want our stuff everywhere, dude. We're going with the cross-platform play. You're going to see our first-party experiences and our subscriptions on our competitors. Like, that's what we're pushing for. He was very deliberate with his words. Yes, it's very careful. It's not some, like, off-the-cuff interview where he's just, like, speaking haphazardly and like he misspeaks he elaborates on these things it's like this is where we're headed now i'm not being alarmist i'm just saying i don't know how you hear his comments any other way i don't a five dollar super chat tip from victory to answer the question posed to phil you should get an xbox for the same reasons most people tell me they're on the xbox for the ecosystem 
I don't disagree with you, Victory, but I don't think that's as compelling as saying, get a Nintendo Switch, why? Well, do you want to play Zelda? Do you want to play Mario? Get a PlayStation, why? Well, do you want to play God of War? Do you want to play The Last of Us? Get an Xbox, why? Well, because of the ecosystem. What? You see, like, I don't think that's as compelling as a sales pitch. You can't sell an ecosystem at the store. You gotta have an iconic game, an iconic figure. You gotta have Spider-Man. You gotta have Mario. You have Master Chief. And I don't I don't see that well, Halo is having its comeback, but I think Halo needs to be basically completely rebooted at this point. For them to, to for them to leverage it as an iconic piece of property. It's not standing strong in the view of the public. It's standing strong with the current audience, but it would need a much larger audience to be a system seller ever again. $2 from Victory, also for native hardware if you're into that. Right. I don't think that's... I just don't think that's a compelling offer. They went from being Project Scarlet, 120 frames, the world's most powerful console, to now you're saying, oh, it's a, it's a, it's a cheaper access point, it's an ecosystem. Buddy, I don't think that's very compelling. It might be compelling to you, but it's not compelling to me. I don't think it's compelling to the market. Look at the sales differences that are happening. Look at how Xbox is falling all the way down in Europe. Look at how PlayStation is surpassing them. Look at how Xbox is falling behind its previous generation of sales. That's because you're having consumer migration. I don't think... It's not even about me. It's about... I don't think the general gaming public is compelled by the Xbox console. I don't think they are. Again, I think this is a way in the future, likely not even this generation or hardware at all. Yo, Ghost in the Garage Gaming, my homie, eight months. Keep in mind, he's also talking to Wells Fargo investors, real money people, not Xbox guys or gamers. They're explaining their strategy to financial institutes. Yo, Ghost in the Garage Gaming has got a brain, dude. Super successful businessman. He's got... uh, That is such an excellent point. He is not talking at a gaming conference. He's not even talking to developers. He is talking to money men. He's saying, this is how we're going to recoup our costs. This is how we become profitable in gaming. It has nothing to do with the Xbox console or hardware or a platform. It is a... They're going to function as a publisher. That's what it feels like to me. That's really what it feels like to me. If you don't agree with me, I want to hear why. I really do, because I think that's where this is headed. And it could be great. I'm worried about the contract policy more than anything. Outsider with 17 months in a VIP, Gears of War 6 could bring people in. Possibly, if they could line it up with the Gears movie, Gears could be an iconic iconic game for them. I just think the ship is kind of sailing on them right now. I think having a compelling console offer is kind of over for them. I do. Um, I've been disconnected from this. Hang on. Okay, hang on. Sorry, I'm back. I clicked on the wrong thing in Discord and disconnected me. Alapark says, In the past, Phil was pushing for the vision of Xbox. Whenever someone outside of gaming division speaks about this stuff, you can hear the vision Microsoft actually has. Ocelot, Octagon, uh, Octagon Ocelot with a $2 super chat says, I want Halo Master Chief on my PS5. I will buy it. Not subscribe. Wolf Saints with three months says one of Apple's selling points is the ecosystem. Well, okay, but I I don't think that that translates into gaming, brother. Like, I don't think 
anybody right now in the gaming sphere is compelled by that. They're compelled by games. This is a day-to-day experiential extension of me and my social activity and, you know, even, even, even like how I interact with my friends and stuff, right? That ecosystem became very winsome, especially once it was like, oh, you have an iPhone, I have an iPhone, we can iMessage and all these other things. I also think what Zubair is saying is true. Sony's also selling an ecosystem. You have PSVR 2, you have the portal. They're selling this sort of accessorized, you know, I would say premium level experience. I don't think the ecosystem that Microsoft's offering will move consoles. Now, I'm not saying they won't get people in the ecosystem. I don't see their ecosystem being compelling to move hardware. That's what I was pushing back on. Um, hang on. Thanaros with a $10 super chat says, isn't this all just repeated info? Remember when Xbox said they wanted to have a billion users and everyone thought it was a joke? They want Game Pass on all screens by any means necessary. I think you're correct. They've been telling this all us this all along. Thanaros, I've been saying this. I've been saying that I think the Activision deal is so that they can treat video games like software. They want it everywhere. I said that I feel like they would function more as a publisher in the past and be focused less on hardware and more on software, and I was told I was crazy. I said it's a 900 IQ play. If you can't beat PlayStation, then just sell games on their platform. Remember in the movie The Founder where the guy could not leverage McDonald's out of McDonald's, and so what did he do? He went and bought all the land. He, he He's like... The, the, the BJ Novak's character, uh, he, BJ Novak is um, from The Office. And he tells him, he's like, you're in the real estate business. And he gets him to buy all the land. Well, Xbox says, okay, we can't out-console Sony. Well, let's just buy the most valuable property and we'll make money off of that instead. I've said this for a while and I was told, nah, there's no way. There's no way they're going to vacate console. There's no way they're going to function. There's no way they're going to be, be, become a publisher. And now they're talking like, well, no, that's that's exactly what we're trying to do. I don't think you spend $70 billion on property like this and just say, yeah, we're, uh, we're going to put it all on Xbox only. You're the smallest platform. How do you recoup costs on a purchase this large on the smallest gaming platform out there? How do you do that? I don't think you do. And I don't think you go and talk to investors at a Wells Fargo summit and start talking like this just haphazardly. He's like, this is where we're going. You're going to see us take this strategy into the future. This is how we make money. Brett Williams with a $5 super chat tip says, do we think non-gamers will suddenly become gamers because Game Pass is on their TV and it wouldn't make sense for PlayStation to allow Game Pass on their box? Okay, a couple of things there. I think it's an excellent point that no, I don't think you're going to have suddenly an influx of non-gamers who become gamers because they can game on their television. I think there will be a percentage of the market that does it, especially if Microsoft can leverage partnerships with Samsung and other popular TV manufacturers. So like when you buy the TV, maybe you get like a month free of Game Pass. If you, if you don't put in your credit card, we'll give you a month free of Game Pass. And then they might get an influx of people from that. Now, as far as what you're saying with, you know, I don't think PS would allow Game Pass on their box. I don't either. I, I just don't see that happening. Because the problem with putting Game Pass on PlayStation is that Game Pass would likely be attached to other things that Microsoft's trying to push. 
whether it's day and date of their property. PlayStation was doesn't want a day and date subscription service on their platform. They've talked about how that's value destructive. They've talked about why they don't do that with their own property. And and the next thing that there would be a problem with is that they're wrapping up PlayStation Cloud Gaming into PS Plus, and Xbox is going to keep pushing cloud gaming as well. It would be conflict of interest. It would be direct competition on your own platform. It wouldn't make any sense. I. I have a hard time seeing that happening. Feeder with 17 months says they want to make more money with Forza Starfield ETC. It's a smart and a saving move. And a five spot from Michael Mooney says what they are setting up is co-publication deal with Nintendo. Game Pass hits Nintendo handhelds. Then Nintendo hits Game Pass console and PC. That's an interesting perspective and question that I didn't consider. I again don't think that's how Nintendo plays. I don't think they play ball that way. Now, you know, Phil said in an email that he, you know, it, it Nintendo will eventually realize that their future is not just on their own hardware or however he phrased it. I just, <coughs> excuse me. I was holding that cough in the entire monologue. I could feel I was going to trigger a cough and I was like, I, I can't, I got to get through this. Joker Quinn. With six months in a VIP, welcome back, Joker Quinn. And the one, 222, with six months of membership, says the only way I see Game Pass going to PlayStation is if they strip it down to only Xbox first party only or something like that. that. Well, yeah, but Xbox first party is extremely profitable for PlayStation. You really think PlayStation wants Game Pass on their platform when 48%... 48% of the people who buy Call of Duty annually buy it on PlayStation and Game Pass suddenly struts onto your platform and says, oh, Call of Duty hits Game Pass day and date. Like, we're imagining that that's a future, right? We're imagining that that's a future where in the distant future, they'll say, play Call of Duty day one on Game Pass. Like, we anticipate that being a future, right? Sony doesn't want that on their platform. Are you kidding me? The, the amount of revenue that they would lose that 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 wouldn't be a deal they would take they would <laughs> can we put game pass on your platform and basically hurt your profits like that's that's a that's a backwards deal i can't see playstation accepting that deal microsoft wouldn't even want that excellent point omar even microsoft wouldn't want to do that microsoft wants to sell call of duty on playstation they stand to make a ton of money <laughs> by selling call of duty on playstation They don't want to put Game Pass... Now, the CFO seems to be saying they want to put their subscription services on other... on on other platforms. Now, maybe when he said that, he was thinking about, because at the end of the quote we just listened to, at the end of the quote, he invents... he uh, he mentions cloud-based places like NVIDIA. So maybe that's what he's thinking is like, listen, we want our first-party experiences to land on on other places we want subscriptions to land on other places and he's thinking in two lanes he's thinking like yeah we want our first party experiences landing on nintendo and playstation and we want our subscriptions landing on like nvidia i don't think game pass on playstation is a far stretch because ubisoft plus and ea subservices on playstation evidence i could see a, a future where Microsoft looks more like an EA. They just own a bunch of property and they have a subscription called Game Pass and Game Pass is everywhere, okay? You could compel me to see that being a reality. I just don't think PlayStation would be interested. I don't think they would. I think PlayStation would be like, no. 
we your property is valuable to us as a sold game not as a subscription I think Xbox will not put Game Pass on PlayStation. Look at how Game Pass works on mobile devices. Apple wanted a cut of every game in the service. What stops Sony from wanting the same deal? I think that's an excellent point. (coughs) PlayStation's business model is very different, and they would would be like Apple. They would be like, (laughs) we're in the business of selling games. Like, you guys are trying to do the Game Pass value thing. That's great. That's what you want to do. Jim Ryan's on record saying that it's value destructive. Now, people might say, well, Jim Ryan's going to be gone really soon. Maybe the next guy will will think differently. I don't think the funnel that PlayStation has built, I don't think it aligns with Game Pass. I think Game Pass is just antithetical to everything they've built. Unless it's a different version of Game Pass. Unless it's a non-day-and-date version of Game Pass. Like, some kind of a you get a discount, you get early access, something like that. I could see that being the case. My mic seems quieter. Give me one second. That's the wrong thing. I noticed that this morning I was listening to a past broadcast and I was like, my uh, my voice seems quieter. Yep. Okay, there we go. I, uh, I recorded something in Spotify, and it must have... Uh, sometimes the browser turns your microphone down. So I'm probably coming in a little bit louder now. <clears throat> the only way Game Pass would work is if they do a Game Pass Classics, one- to two-year-old Xbox games, no day and date. That's, yeah, that's kind of what I was just saying, Tubbs. I, the only way I see Game Pass landing on Nintendo or landing on PlayStation is if it doesn't have any sort of day and date aspect to it because that's antithetical to what Sony and Nintendo do they sell games they're they're not they're not ecosystems where you're buying into like a sub thing you're you're buying games you're buying really expensive accessories right yo what's good feed i see you in the chat PlayStation would accept Microsoft selling first-party games there. They won't accept Game Pass that has third-party games on it. That's another aspect of it. What about third-party games that hit Game Pass? Like, what about Lies of P? You know what I'm saying? PlayStation likely sold a good number of Lies of P. It, It scored very well on PlayStation, actually. If you go look at the review scores, Lies of P scored very well on Steam, and it scored very well on PlayStation. It did not score well on Xbox. I think part of that is related to the fact that a lot of people that played Lies of P on Xbox didn't buy it, so they probably felt like this isn't a good game. I got my butt kicked, I'm uninstalling, right? And I feel like when you look at Steam and you look at PlayStation, in a buy-to-play environment, Lies of P scored much better. Well, if you're PlayStation and Game Pass wants to come to your platform and you're looking at a game like Lies of P that you know will sell well with your audience, right? It's third-person, accident-adventure, you know, it looks a lot like some of the games people buy on PlayStation. You know that game's going to sell well. Well, you don't want Game Pass over here because now you got third-party games that people don't have to buy. They just need Game Pass. I think, again, it's antithetical to... It's antithetical to how PlayStation runs things. I was going to say something about your mic being quiet, but my ears are partially clogged from being sick, so I couldn't tell if it was my ears or your mic. Yeah, anytime you use your web browser to record something, the web browser will go into Windows and fiddle with audio settings. Super annoying. I should have known to check that. It's a 4 out of 5 from Xbox users? No, it's not. We checked this yesterday. 
No, it's not. Liza P is not a 4 out of 5. No. When I go to the Liza P Xbox store, it currently has a 3.9. Right? That is lower than it got from everybody else. That's a 78%. It has a 92% in Steam and a 94% on PlayStation. That's a 78%. That's significantly lower than it got on the other platforms. That's not a great score at all. A 78% when it's getting 90s on other platforms? I'm not saying that's like, oh, that's terrible. It's getting review bombed. I'm saying it's getting a lower score. Why? I'm telling you, if you don't buy the game, you're going to be quicker to shut it off, uninstall it. That's not a slam, by the way. That's a great value. That's a great value to the consumers who are like, I've... I've never really played a game like this. I get to try it out on Game Pass. And guess what? They, 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 they learned very quickly that it either wasn't the game for them or they didn't like it or whatever. Like, that's actually a great value. I'm not even, like, slamming Xbox. I'm saying that's a, that's a, that's a contradictory approach to, to the, what, what PlayStation's trying to do is if you try to bring Game Pass to PlayStation, the point I was making is, hey man, we got a game like Liza P that did really well over here. It didn't do as well on your platform, and you threw it on Game Pass. Like, we don't want that over here. That's not the vibe. That's not what we do. I don't think you want a subscription service that gives the consumer a route to where they don't have to buy third-party games because we know that third-party games make a ton of money for PlayStation. We know that. And you you can't cut off that revenue stream compared to the 4.72 on the PlayStation Store is kind of crazy. I, we looked at this yesterday, Cliffo. I was shocked. I kind of feel like Liza P got a weird deal. It's got a 92. It has a 92 on Steam and a 94 on PlayStation. And it got significantly lower scores from the review outlets as well. It doesn't make any sense. I don't know if people had a hard time with it. I don't know if they had expectations. But Liza P got a very... It's just weird to see that big of a disparity from like the users are giving it great scores and the outlets gave it a lower... Not bad scores, but a lower score. It's like a 15-point differential, like a 12 to 14-point differential. It's a pretty big gap. Have you ever seen that with movies? Like the review outlets are giving it like a 60 or a 70 and then the audience is giving it like a 90. You're always like, what happened here? Like, why is there a big divide? I don't know, Lono, how strong of a pull do you think Call of Duty, Elder Scrolls, Diablo, and Fallout have? Microsoft has made it abundantly clear that the only way they see other platforms is if Game Pass exists there. Yeah, I mean, that's an interesting take because Phil Spencer made it made it pretty clear recently that they would not be making games exclusive to Game Pass. That would almost feel like that. That would almost feel like, hey, listen, we, we would love to put Elder Scrolls and, and uh, you know, we would love to put Elder Scrolls 6 over there on PlayStation. We'd love to put Fallout 5 over there on PlayStation. I mean, Starfield. <laughs> I'm just kidding. We know there's going to be a future Fallout. So, you know, we'd love to put Fallout 5 over there. We, we'd love to put uh, Elder Scrolls 6 over there, but you, you, you need to have Game Pass over there. 
well that's kind of a, a, a roundabout way of making those games almost exclusive to Game Pass it's like you're not even going to let them come to other platforms unless Game Pass is there does that make sense Skyrim on the Switch well the next Switch actually might be able to run you know big graphically impressive games it might be able to run them uh, decently well better than they currently do I saw somebody uh, put up footage of like a Batman game on the Switch and they're like this is unplayable it's some games they're able to kind of optimize down like Hogwarts and other games some games just don't they just can't get them to run very well What Phil means is you can still buy those games on Xbox. No, I understood what he was saying, uh, Mercurial. Mercurial. I understood what he was saying. He was saying you're always going to have the option of buying the game. We're not going to like silo up a game on Game Pass. But if you approach a platform and you're like, hey, you know, we'd we'd love to put uh, we'd love to put our game over here, but we need Game Pass to be over here. I I just don't think that's going to fly. I don't. I don't think so. I don't think PlayStation is going to be, or Nintendo is going to be strong-armed into that. Now, Call of Duty? I mean, we'd have to wait and see, right? Because PlayStation secured the 10-year contract, so you'd have to wait and see. You know, in 10 years, would, would, would Microsoft try to pull some kind of a leverage game where they say, listen, if you want Call of Duty to continue coming to your platform, we're, we're going to need Game Pass to be over there. Now, PlayStation could call their bluff and be like, you need us. What are you talking about? No. You're, you're not going to browbeat us into putting Game Pass over here. Are you freaking kidding me? You need the revenue from Call of Duty as much as we do. If not, maybe more. You might need it more than we do because you might be still recouping cost. You know, on however many studios are working on it, however many licensing deals they have going on with all the promotional stuff that they do and Nicki Minaj skins and the like. Vedger with eight months. Xbox is mainly a software company and could easily meet all of PlayStation's demands to create an exclusive PlayStation app without third party and Call of Duty. I'm not sure what you mean, Vedger. That's blackmail, though, right? Saying you can have the game in Game Pass and your, uh, is on your system illegal? No, that's not blackmail. No. Blackmail would be we're going to do this bad thing to you if you don't do what we say. This is hey, the new contract for Call of Duty has a stipulation about Game Pass. That's not blackmail. <clears throat> they would basically be saying, listen, we, the next 10 years of Call of Duty contract, we, we've, we've baked in a stipulation uh, that requires Game Pass to be on your system. We feel that that is a more you know lucrative uh, and symbiotic relationship as Game Pass is now one of our main ecosystem drivers and it is a branch of what we are trying to do with our property. It's Yeah, it's not blackmail. <clears throat> SDO with 10 months. It all feels contradictory. Xbox makes big Bethesda titles console exclusive, but also we're told Xbox doesn't care about console hardware plastic box. Right, I mentioned that in the show open SDO. Rissick! comes in with a 10 bomb and takes us all the way to 20 thank you so much guys we're sitting at about 2,000 members we're pushing to 2,500 for the uh for uh, game night for 20 2,500 is for game night whoops i did the wrong thing uh there we go 2,500 is for game night and we currently have 2,000 i don't know if game nights is it set up right now there we go. Well, that says member goal 
2750. That's not correct. Uh, <laughs> I'll have to switch that around. Anyways, game night's 2500 right now. And we'll be doing like a like Jackbox, I think. You guys have been asking for that. Um, Call of Duty for 10 versus 70. Sony would make one-seventh of the money, so trash. Right. I, well, no, no, no. No, James. No. I don't... Rissick with another five, and he secures 25 all by himself. There it is. Every 25, I owe you guys five. Somebody asked me in the comments yesterday, like, what do you get as a member? You get a badge next to your name. You get... Uh, you get emotes that you can use in chat. We do a daily stream that recaps and debriefs the day. Friday night streams with my wife where we play games with you and others. And then access to our members only Discord. And Rissick with the Agent of Chaos intentionally pushing us past 25. Thank you so much, sir. On our way to the next goal. Every 25, I owe you guys five. So I already owe you some members. And at 50, I'll owe you some more. I actually don't think they would do that. I don't think they would say we want Game Pass over there or you can't have Call of Duty. I don't think they would also want to put Call of Duty on Game Pass on PlayStation. I think that would be counterproductive for Xbox's own revenue. But I do think they would try to leverage Call of Duty and be like, listen, the next 10 years, if you want to sell Call of Duty on your platform, we want Game Pass on your system. Aerodyma says, Xbox will just put Game Pass Core on PlayStation. Why do you think they would just put Game Pass Core? Just so it's not like a threat to anything? Um, M's Odyssey with a $5 super chat says, King Thrash predicted Microsoft third-party move in January of 2022 when they announced wanting to acquire ABK. I mean, love to Thrash. He's not, that's not original to him. A lot of us were saying that. A lot of us were saying that this move was to be more focused on software distribution and less on hardware distribution. My producer has been saying that for a very long time. I don't like, I, I mean, I don't, I'm not trying to take away from what he said, but I don't think that's like original to him. Like, what are we going to, we going to check the receipts and be like, he was the first one to say it. I think a lot of people thought the same thing when they saw such a big acquisition target. It was, Wow, that what it, it looks like they're trying to become a publisher. That doesn't, you know, that doesn't that doesn't stand. That doesn't look like a typical acquisition. I've been saying it since Rover was a puppy. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Like I, a lot of people were saying that. You know, they wanted mobile to move software, right? Butter says, I personally could not see myself having a PlayStation console and needing to pay a monthly subscription to play a single player game like Elder Scrolls or Fallout. No, 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 no. I think you guys are misunderstanding. I don't think that they would leverage those games in that way. I think like what Eridimus just said about Xbox Core or what some of y'all have been saying about like it would be a version of Game Pass with like older games or select games I think they would say if you want Elder Scrolls 6 or Fallout 5 or if you want Call of Duty we want Game Pass we want this version of Game Pass on your system Game Pass would go on to PlayStation and it would be a select group of games it wouldn't be some day and date uh, where you wouldn't have to buy Elder Scrolls or Fallout that's not I think you guys might be misunderstanding what I'm saying they wouldn't be saying you can only play Elder Scrolls on Game Pass on PlayStation. It would be 
if you want to sell Elder Scrolls 6 on PlayStation, we want Game Pass on your system. And it would be, I think, a very different version of Game Pass. I don't think it would be a day and date version like we have right now on Xbox. It would be like a, they wouldn't call it this, but like internally they might call it like, this would be the competitor's package. We're going to put this on a comp- on a competing platform. And I know the CFO says they don't really view them as competitors now, and Phil Spencer says they don't really view them as competitors now. But internally, they would say, this is the package designed for the competitor. Well, why? Well, because we make tons of money off of PlayStation. We don't want Elder Scrolls and Call of Duty and Fallout to be on Game Pass on PlayStation. For goodness sakes, Fallout 4 sold the most on PlayStation. Like, that, they wouldn't want to cut that revenue stream off. So it'll be interesting if, according to the CFO, this is a strategy shift, are they going to walk back what they told ZeniMax and Bethesda? Are they going to say, we told you that all future titles were going to be exclusive. We're, we're walking that back. We're not doing that. We're, we, th- this has been a change of strategy. You know? like Because if I were, I mean, I don't know. If I, if I worked on Starfield and I started seeing these interviews, I'd be pretty heated. You know? It seemed that... In the emails that we saw from Pete Hines, it seemed that he was pretty heated. He was like, we were told to make our games exclusives. And now you guys are out here talking about Call of Duty. And you're like, yeah, it's not exclusive. That's a dope shirt. Thank you, Abe. I got a new round of shirts from Ripped Apparel. You can use the link in the description below or the shirt command in chat. You can go to bit.ly forward slash reforge ripped. And, uh, I'll get, that'll that'll support me and you can get you know get some dope shirts from their amazing lineup p dub h town with a ten dollar super chat tip says this is nothing more than microsoft letting their core fan base know that going forward big releases are going to be on playstation they need playstation now more than ever to recoup the money spent here's a here's a thing this was pointed out earlier this was pointed out earlier by my man ghost in the garage gaming he said that this wasn't some gaming event. This wasn't some gaming press outlet doing an interview. This was the CFO, the chief financial officer of Xbox, talking to Wells Fargo Summit. Basically, an investor summit. A bunch of people with lots of money. And he was like, this is what we're doing going forward. You're going to see us do this going forward. We're going to do what's called, he called the cross-platform play. They're going to have a holistic lens they're going to put their first party experiences and their subscriptions on platforms that were previously considered competitors like Nintendo and PlayStation. When you're talking to the money men, you're talking to the dudes that are like, okay, I can see how this is financially viable now. Now, if he had sat down with these guys and been like, yeah, we just spent $70 billion bringing our acquisition costs to a nice round $100 billion, and we see the path to recouping that cost by putting everything on the smallest gaming platform and a subscription service that has plateaued. They'd have been like, <laughs> okay, well... That's, that's great. We don't see that as being financially viable. We're not backing that. He, he didn't do that. I think a lot of people, and this is, this is what's really interesting, a lot of the people that cheered for this deal, I think they were cheering for it thinking, well, my brand and my platform is going to win, but what is your platform and brand winning if the games just start going everywhere? 
I do. I think a lot of people, when this deal, I remember debating this with people. I remember people being like, Call of Duty's ours now, baby. You're going to have to get an Xbox. And I was like, they're not going to do that. They would lose tons of money. They would never do that. Some of the earliest acquisition debates I had with people were like really hardcore Xbox fans that were like, no, 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 no. They're going to make Call of Duty exclusive to Xbox. And I was like, dude, they would never do that. That would be so, that would be so financially destructive. Well, I think that wavelength was on a lot of people's minds. Like, this is going to be so good for us and our box and our system. And now it's turning into, oh, that's fine if the game goes over on PlayStation. You guys are spending money and it's supporting Xbox. Well, now what are you cheering for? You're, you're, what are you cheering for? You're cheering for the financials of Microsoft? Like, I thought you were cheering for your brand and your box and your experience. Now, they might push back. If I try to come through the mind of the person that cheered for the Activision deal, they might say, yeah, that's all well and good that you can buy those games on PlayStation, but I get them day and date on Game Pass. I think that's fair pushback. You still might think, I won. This wins for me. This is good for me. And you might be correct. If day and date continues to be a, 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 a drum they bang on for Game Pass and all this very valuable property. Microsoft doesn't need to recoup the money since it was a cash purchase where they need to spend money because of the value of the dollar and just sitting on it. I'm not sure why you think they don't need to recoup the money. So why do you think he said what he said then to these to these Wells Fargo Summit attenders, Aerodimus? If they don't need to recoup the money, why is he indicating this is going to be a change in strategy? And he started talking about high-margin markets. Why is he talking about that then, if they don't need to recoup the money? I'm curious what you think about his comments then. A $5 tip from True SSJ Havoc. The modified Game Pass I'm seeing may be solely older Xbox first-party games. I don't disagree with that. If they come up with some non- competitive version of Game Pass to throw on PlayStation and Nintendo I could see that Eugene says recoup their shareholders are going to demand accountability for spending that level of cash yeah I agree with Eugene I think they answer to their shareholders and their shareholders are going to say how are you going to recoup over a hundred billion dollars being like, well, they don't need to recoup it. They just, they're really wealthy. I think their investors are going to have a very different attitude. Anytime you spend that level of capital and you don't have a strategy of recouping that capital, you're going to fail in your fiduciary duty and you're going to get in big trouble. You can't just be like, well, we're Microsoft. We're rich. That's not an answer to your shareholders. That's not an answer to investors. Paul says it's added to the value of the company as an asset. It was not burning cash. Well, I I, I don't disagree with that, Paul. I'm not saying they burned cash, but when you spend a large amount of capital, there must be a strategy of recouping and then hitting margins on that spend. It's not like they spent $100 billion and their investors are like, good job, we now have this huge added value of these assets to the company. 
the asset has to be profitable. If like if if you are in the business of doing like I don't know like let's say you're a local uh, busing company or something, and you go to your investors and you say we're going to spend this many billions of dollars on these buses over here, and they're like great awesome you don't got to worry about recouping those are just going to be great assets for the company. No, they're going to say well how are you going to recoup the cost? If the buses are run down and broken and don't work, you can't be like, well, the, all these assets are great. They're just sitting here not doing anything. No, you'd have to have a business strategy and plan to say these buses are more uh, you know, economical with gas and they're going to go into more areas of the city where we're going to get more business and we're going to see profit margins turn in year three. Like You're going to have to put projections before them or they're going to say, what are you doing? You just, you just spent a bunch of money. Like what, What's the strategy? How do you recoup it? You, you can't just spend money and say, well, we gained all these assets and then like, that's the end of the day. No, 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 you need to recoup. You need to generate profit on a spend that big, a hundred billion. Not, they didn't spend a hundred billion on Activision. They've, they've done like a hundred billion in acquisition spending. Raptor with a gifted member pushes us a little bit closer. Thank you so much, Raptor. Guys, don't be afraid of the single gifted members. These guys dropping tens and 20 bombs. Don't let them intimidate you. Thank you very much. Octagon Ocelot with 16 months of membership says, I refuse to subscribe to Game Pass as a PlayStation Nintendo gamer. I'll buy a collector's edition deluxe of select Xbox first party games, though. Yeah, I I like Game Pass for my kiddos, um, but I don't like Game Pass for day and date. I use Game Pass as a great way to go sample games that have been out for a while or games I wouldn't typically you know, enjoy, but I don't like Game Pass for day and date. To me, it's like, no, man, buy. I, I want to buy the. If I know I'm going to get a game and support it, I want to buy it. I don't want to be like just trying it out. If I'm unsure about a game, I plan on buying, um, what's it called? RoboQuest. I plan on buying that. You know, because I tried it on Game Pass. It's great, and I want to support the devs. And so I plan on buying it. I think it's a great game. Did Aerodimus respond to my question? So somebody's responding to him and saying, somebody says, Aerodimus, the board has decided to let you go. I wish I could click on your name and see all of your responses like they have on purple. I see Asmongold do that all the time. It's such a great feature. I'm not seeing what you said. Hang on, I'm scrolling up. Microsoft don't need to recoup money since it was a cash purchase. Yeah, I asked you a question in response to that. I've not seen your answer. I'm not seeing it. I'm on live chat and I'm going to scroll one more time to make sure I didn't miss it. Yeah, I'm not seeing it. We can still buy day and date games. Matt says, how are you? I'm new to your channel. Welcome in, Matt. Thank you for being here. If you guys have never been here before, the name of the channel is Reforge Gaming. And this segment is uh, a new show that we call Input Delay. I tend to delay my input on something. This thing with the CFO of uh, Xbox hit yesterday. We covered it today. And it does seem they're leaning towards being more of a third-party publisher. Maybe leaning away from being consoles or making consoles. Curious what you think. If you want to weigh in and tell me what you think, hit subscribe so you can talk in the chat. Do me a favor. If you haven't smashed the like button yet, we're over an hour into the broadcast. Let's set our sights on 400 likes. That would be amazing. And this little member goal in the corner, every 25 members, I gift five back to the community. So I already owe you five. 
We're working our way towards 50 members as the next one. And our big goal is 2,500 members, and we'll do a Friday night community game night. This Friday night, don't miss it, members. This Friday night, we are doing a Return of Hilly Hijinks. We'll be playing Lethal Company, this really popular, scary co-op game that came out on Steam. You're supporting the devs by being subscribed to Game Pass? That's... No, that's not true. The devs get a a fat... I was going to say flat, but fat works too. Fat check. They get a fat sum of money from Microsoft to be on Game Pass. Now, some games benefit from being on Game Pass because they get an enormous amount of exposure they wouldn't have gotten in the past. Then they get reviews, then they get YouTube videos, then their popularity goes up, or they potentially have microtransactions that you can then buy, right? Um, Some companies don't do as well on game pass there have been different companies that have that have uh said different things i highly recommend this game called RoboQuest to you it's a great super fun little rogue you can play it with another person it has a 95 percent on steam you can buy it on steam for 25 dollars. it is currently on game pass there's even a demo on steam to try out so i highly recommend RoboQuest. very fun super super fun uh, true SSJ Havoc with 14 months in a VIP. Cool, 14 months. What I also mean is not necessarily just super old titles. After a while, a year or so, like PlayStation to PC, they will put new titles on the modified Game Pass. Xbox OG, Xbox Day One, though. Right, I think that's how they... That's how they manage to maintain the value of Game Pass on their own systems or or just Game Pass in general... See, but that just gets really, really muddy in my mind. Like, the more I think about that, it's like, okay, play a day one on Game Pass, unless you have Game Pass on PlayStation, or unless you have Game Pass on Nintendo. You see what I'm saying? Like, that really makes the value offer of Game Pass start to look really weird. It's like, okay, well, Game Pass Core, or Game Pass, or Game Pass Ultimate. What about Game Pass on PlayStation? Well, what about Game Pass on Nintendo? Like, you're going to have different versions in different places, and I think that makes it hard to market the day-and-date language. Victory with a $5 Super Chat tip says, Microsoft becoming a massive third-party distributor is a good move and potentially great for gaming. Sure, Xbox won't be popular, but it already isn't. Why do you think it's a good move for gaming? I could see it being good, but I could also see it being bad. (coughs) Excuse me. I could see it being good because they suddenly have to really push value and quality because they're having to sell games in a buy-to-play market. They're not so focused on cadence for Game Pass. I would say that Microsoft having profits of $88 billion just last fiscal year before the deal going through. I think investors are more concerned about the direction Microsoft AI push as you see in the stock. Yeah, I still don't think you're answering my question. I asked, why do you, what do you think of the CFO's comments? Why is he talking at a Wells Fargo summit and indicating a change in strategy into high-margin markets? Why is he talking like that? Why is he talking about first-party experiences and subscriptions coming to their competitors? Like... I feel like you're looking at one aspect of it. I don't think you're wrong. I think Microsoft is heavily interested in AI. But that doesn't have anything to do with the question or the topic. The question and the topic is, 
why is the chief financial officer of Xbox speaking to money men, investors, okay, big deep pockets at a Wells Fargo summit and being like, you're going to see us doing this going forward. This is what we're doing. He's outlining the recouping strategy. High margin markets is where they want to push into. He described the Xbox console as being relatively static or not static. He didn't use the word static. What did what word did he use? Hang on, I got to pull up my show notes. Relatively we'll say static for now. <clears throat> Brap says his dialogue is analogous to that of a third-party publisher. He kicks the whole thing off by saying we w- this was the real evolution of the deal, he says. We looked at Xbox and it's like, it's not growing that fast, he says. Fixed. Yeah, thank you. Relatively fixed. Thank you, Alapark. He describes the Xbox console as being relatively fixed and not growing that fast. And that was when the real evolution of the deal happened. Like, this guy's saying, listen, y'all, y'all are investors. Y'all want to see how we're going to make our money. Well, let me tell you. The real evolution of the deal was we've got a fixed console audience not growing that fast and you got hundreds of millions of console market, 300 to 400 million in PC, and then you got billions in mobile. So what he's saying is he's casting this vision of like, this is not how we make our money back. We don't make our money back on this fixed console audience. We're going to make our money out there. True Witty was seven months. What if Game Pass on PlayStation is simply a day and date, but only first party, no third party? I don't think that works either. Thank you for seven months, True Witty. I don't think that works for PlayStation because PlayStation's going to say, hey, wait a minute, dude. Fallout sold very well on our platform traditionally. Call of Duty sells really well on our platform traditionally. Do you want to know what Fallout and Call of Duty are? Those are first party Microsoft titles now, those are first party Xbox titles. You can't be taking Call of Duty and Fallout and putting them day and date on Game Pass on PlayStation. That is completely antithetical to PlayStation's business model. PlayStation's going to say, no, we're not doing that. Now, if Microsoft says, well, then you can't have the game, that's mutual destruction. (laughs) That means you don't get money from PlayStation's platform. I don't think, I just, I do not think the console warring, the the fighting, and all the dialogue that was going on this year about this, I think people completely missed the mark, and they thought, yes, this is going to help our platform beat PlayStation, it's like, no, it's not about beating PlayStation, it's about leveraging PlayStation as a platform, it's about leveraging PlayStation's audience and revenue streams to make tons of money, it's about... Bill Spencer saying the way that we're relevant in the future is through gaming and we're going to be relevant in gaming by owning lots of property and selling it everywhere it's not about making Xbox better it's about making Microsoft money fundamentally Eugene says he said the same thing I've been trying to tell people for months there's only so many consoles sold every gen And that number is relatively unchanged for 20 years, and Microsoft is continuing to lose share of that market. Yeah, Eugene's been saying that for a while. He's like, listen, the console market's not really growing. It's basically stayed pretty static. You're just seeing shift of allegiance. You're seeing a slowdown of Xbox hardware, and you're seeing a growth of PlayStation hardware. 
that's community migration. That's people migrating to PlayStation. Neither Sony nor Microsoft will complicate. On PlayStation 5, there will be two demands. Only old CODs for the next 10 years. Native PlayStation 5 ports to also be sold individually. Everything day and date bar Call of Duty. See, again, I don't think that... I do not think that... I love your name, though. Phaedrus Socrates. I love your name. I don't think that that's the way that they do it because, again, I think PlayStation is in the business of selling games, not giving games away on a subservice. They... They, they've talked about how Game Pass is value destructive. I don't think they let Game Pass land in a value destructive way on their platform. Anything that is a threat to sales, they're not, they're not going to do. They're not going to do. No way. They're going to say, yeah... Like, think of all the property that Microsoft now owns, okay? And I want you to think about the more recognizable property. So we'll say Diablo 5. We'll say Fallout 5. We'll say Elder Scrolls 6, okay? If if that happens, and they want to bring those games to Game Pass and bring Game Pass to PlayStation, PlayStation's going to say, no, we we stand to make way more money if you just sell those games over here. And you, Xbox, stand to make way more money if you just sell those games over here. I think when the CFO talked about putting their subscriptions on other platforms, I think he was talking about cloud and NVIDIA and other platforms like that. I don't think he was envisioning Game Pass coming to Nintendo and PlayStation. I think he sees it as separate. And I'm going to try and prove it to you. I'm going to try. Okay. He says, he, 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 there's a flow here. He says, our mission is to bring our first party experiences and our subscription services to every screen that can play games. That means smart TVs. That means mobile devices. That means what we thought of as competitors in the past, like PlayStation and Nintendo. And then he goes on to mention NVIDIA and other cloud-based pl- uh, platforms. So I think what he's doing there is he's got Nintendo and PlayStation almost like in their own category, and I think in his mind, like, that's where we're going to put first-party experiences. Subscription services can land on a TV, it can land on a mobile device, it can land on a cloud-based thing, but it's it's in direct competition to what PlayStation and Nintendo currently offer, so I can't see it successfully landing on those platforms. They Nintendo and PlayStation have their own subscription services. PlayStation has its own cloud gaming aspect to PlayStation Premium that they're trying to push and they're trying to also likely going to leverage that with the PlayStation Portal. So again, I just I don't see that happening. He's saying everywhere, that doesn't mean the subscription services land everywhere. He's like yeah, TVs, mobile devices, cloud-based services. Like I think those are where he sees the subscription services landing. Uh, victory with a $5 super chat tip. Microsoft, imagine Microsoft prioritizing good games without having the nuanced obligations of trying to add value to a single box. They want to be everywhere anyway. They can't. I'm not sure what you mean. Why can't they be everywhere? A $2 super chat tip from True Witty. I've been busy gaming. When was this strategy meeting? I was in like the last 24 to 48 hours. He was talking at a Wells Fargo summit. What about Starfield 2? What about Starfield 2? 
Sony will do both, direct sales and also subscription day and date. No, they won't. No, they won't. Because, uh, thank you, Luna Joker, for gifting a member. And he goes to Aerodimus. Aerodimus, have you answered my question yet? (laughs) Have you answered my question? (laughs) What do you think about what the CFO said at this summit? With respect to you thinking that they don't need to recoup their costs and they're going to make more money from the AI push. I've not I've not seen an answer yet. And you now have a membership. So I'll I'll keep my eyes open as well. I just scrolled up again to look. PlayStation's cloud gaming is actually pretty good too. Surprised that they won up to Microsoft on cloud gaming for the time being. Yeah, I don't think Microsoft's going to take that one laying down. <clears throat> I don't think you're Microsoft and have Azure and cloud-based solutions. I think the CMO of Xbox which is the chief marketing officer, the guy they just brought on as CMO for Xbox, he spent six to seven years um, marketing Office 365, and he spent six to seven years marketing their cloud-based services. I think that's why they're bringing him over to Xbox. I think they want him to help them get the cloud into a better position. He's the marketing guy, right? He's he's not going to like necessarily tell them what to do, but I think they have plans to improve, increase, and make their cloud gaming better, and they're going to use him to help market it. The Luna Joker, I'm sorry, not that, I already read that. True SSJ Havoc with a $5 Super Chat tip. Seriously, though, can you really see PlayStation and Nintendo playing Halo? That would be crazy. That seems otherworldly. It does. Victory with a $5 Super Chat tip. I meant they can't add compelling value to a single box and still be everywhere. Oh, oh, yeah, I agree with you. You can't have your cake and eat it, too. Oh, you cannot have your cake and eat it too. I, I'm telling you, they th- this is the, the Xbox that we 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 thought we knew. I think is just changing right in front of us. Preacher says, "Could you please detail the points of why you view Game Pass as a subservice by itself differently than you do EA Play, Ubisoft Plus, or other standalone subservices?" I see it being differently because Game Pass is going to become interwoven with with xCloud Gaming. And I also see it being very differently because EA Play and Ubisoft Plus don't give you day and date. So EA Play and Ubisoft Plus are not value destructive to day one sales for PlayStation. Game Pass currently is in its form. They did day and date with Lies of P. They do day and date with their own first party. And that's a problem for PlayStation. EA Play doesn't do that. Ubisoft Plus doesn't do that. They're not giving... They're giving you a discount. They're giving you a backlog. But they're not saying, yeah, you don't have to buy the latest Madden. You don't have to buy the latest this or that. Now, they started doing that with Mirage, and they did that with the most recent thing. Like, for 15 bucks a month, you can get those games... But you typically, don't you have to do that through their website? EA Play Pro does. Yeah, that's right. EA Play Pro does, like their highest level does. So that would be the only way that Game Pass would leverage that. For 10 bucks a month, they give you day and date. Like EA Play, you got to go to their highest level. You can't just get EA Play and get, get, get day and date. You have to go to their highest level subscription. And do they give you that on PlayStation? I thought that was only on PC. Ubisoft Plus does it, but I think you have to do it through Ubi. Can you do that on PlayStation? 
Can I right now go through my PlayStation, sign up for Ubisoft Plus, and not buy Assassin's Creed Mirage? EA Play doesn't have other people's games on their subservice. There's the difference. That's and that's also true, right? Ubisoft is offering Ubisoft games. EA is offering EA games. Xbox Game Pass has other publishers' games, like Lies of P. It's only on PC for EA. Right, so that's what I'm saying is like, that's not contrary. Like, I just, I can't see PlayStation being like, yeah, you don't have to buy the latest EA game on our platform. They, would, they wouldn't want to do that. That's contrary to their business model. Sorry, I'm at work. Give me some time. Okay, Air Diamonds, no worries. I'm genuinely curious what you think. I think saying wanting to have Xbox games everywhere is the same when Phil wanting to buy Nintendo. I think he's expressing that they are making aggressive push out of the Xbox console. So you're in agreement with me then, Aerodimus. You're in agreement that they're looking at the Xbox console and saying, no, our property needs to go everywhere. This is not the focus anymore. What do they suck as a third-party publisher? Not like they have a good track record with being a publisher. I mean, I have my own concerns about them suddenly being a publisher because I was told by someone I can't tell you who but there is I there is somebody who works at Blizzard and it came down that the contract policy of Microsoft will apply they can only be on a contract for 18 months gifted member from Joker Quinn thank you so much and because they're on that contract policy Blizzard already had the same policy because Blizzard's a lot like Microsoft they're not very nice right so Blizzard had the same contract policy you can only be on a contract for 18 months and then you gotta go. The the buffer though for Blizzard was three months. So you'd be on for 18 months, you gotta go, and then you could come back three months later. That buffer is now six months because that's Microsoft's policy. What that means is every studio, every team, every developer under Microsoft's ownership is now falling under that. And that absolutely murdered Halo Infinite. The, the, the autopsy of Halo Infinite and 343 made it very clear roughly half the staff was on a contract and the people that worked there were like, it was terrible. We had people leaving every 18 months. It was awful for, for vision and cohesion and getting the project ready to go. And so Microsoft just bought a huge portion of the market and they're going to make all these devs fall under the same policy. I think that's going to be tectonic and damaging. I think it's going to be bad. I don't have a problem with Xbox. I have a problem with Microsoft. They're very different. And I said for a long time, I think that a lot of people look at Xbox and they're like, I like this brand. I like Halo. I've liked my Xbox and my Xbox controller. And I I resonate with that because I had a 360 and that's where I built my library and that's where I built my friends list and that's where I played games, you know, for a long long time. That's what that was my primary gaming home. So I resonate with that feeling, but if you look behind Xbox and you look at Microsoft, it's like, Microsoft's bad for gaming. It's not Xbox, it's Microsoft. There's a big difference. What's the rationale for the policy? It's a recipe for failure. I agree with you, it is a recipe for failure. The rationale is, they don't want to pay people benefits. What do you mean? Bots say Halo Infinite is doing just fine. I'm not interested in name calling and calling people bots. Halo Infinite is doing better. It did terribly in the wake of its launch, and people that were curious about that found 
a tell-all from Jason Schreier that indicated the game barely launched. And they didn't have enough people, basically, to work on the game in a cohesive way because every 18 months, they were losing large portions of their workforce. Half the staff was on a contract. I want you to imagine in a development environment losing people that often. And see, every time we would talk about this, you know, I would I would be talking to a guy that was, you know, super in support of Xbox and liked Halo, and they would act like that's no big deal. And I'm like, but this is a big deal. This this is a big deal. This is destructive to creative process. They don't want to be caught misclassifying employees again. Yeah, I mean Microsoft, again, this is not Xbox. Microsoft was sued and then they just came out with this policy to get around they don't want to pay people they don't want to pay people benefits. King Sovereign for 14 months of membership. <clears throat> Excuse me. Reforge writer says, could it be possible that games like Call of Duty, Minecraft, ESO, and potentially WoW and games like this are what they mean? No. I address that in the show open. He's speaking broadly. And I think Eugene made a really good point. Currently, Call of Duty and Minecraft are already on other platforms that are considered competitors. And he says, this is the quote. This is the quote. He says, It's a bit of a change of strategy. Not announcing anything broadly here, but our mission is to bring our first-party experiences and our subscription services to every screen that can play games. That means smart TVs, that means mobile devices, that means what we would have thought of as competitors in the past like PlayStation and Nintendo. What he's saying doesn't make sense if he's talking about Call of Duty and Minecraft because they're already doing that. He's talking about, no, our mission is to bring our first-party experiences to all these places, as in, they're not there right now. He's talking about, going forward, this is what we're going to do. He says, you're going to see us do this more and more. So he's not saying, oh yeah, you know, we got ESO and Minecraft and COD. We're going to keep on doing that. He's like, no, this is going to be a change in strategy. This is what you're going to see us doing going forward. We're going to bring our first-party experiences and subscription services everywhere that a game can be played yo king thrash is in the chat with a five dollar super chat tip says one day we do need to have a conversation on this a lot of our thoughts line up would like to pick your brain on a few topics i mean i would be fine with that if you want to come on my show you you i think you'd have a hard time you'd have to really rein in the vocab i mean you probably are able to do that for your work i'm assuming (laughs) I run a safe for work operation. Maybe we'll do it on. Maybe we'll, maybe we'll do it on your channel. <laughs> but but I, that'd be fun. That'd be fun. Listen, I would love to start getting people on both sides. Okay, I want to have a green and blue show. I want to have a show that we maybe do on a regular basis, maybe once a month or something, where we bring on a guy that's like big time cheering for blue and big time cheering for green. And I'm kind of in the middle as the host. I'm not saying I'm in the middle. I've never tried to claim like I'm some neutral. I have my biases. I lean blue. I love green. I would love for them to be doing better this gen, right? I've never tried to be like, I'm totally neutral and have no biases. I've never said that. I certainly lean. But I would be more in the middle as the host of like, let's let's talk about the recent news or the recent developments or whatever. Because I'm really interested in what the hardcore Xbox, you know, podcasts and channels I'm super interested in what they think about what this guy said. Thank you, Lono. Many are assuming Tim's comments mean status quo. 
I don't know how you can take his comments as status quo because he's talking about going forward. I never cuss on other people's channels without permission. Well, then we could probably do something. <laughs> this Friday, uh, my usual compadre can't join me. Uh, this Friday at noon, I usually do a show with 30 and still gaming. He's not able to be here. Series X console's okay, but why buy one if you have a PC already? You can play the games also. Well, here's the thing. I get asked that a lot. They're like, well, why'd you buy a Series X if you have, you know, a good PC? Well, for the convenience of it. I love having my Xbox in the living room. I just took my Xbox up to uh, my brother's house in Ohio, and I played on it a bunch. I actually love the form factor of the Series X. I love it. I love it. It's e- I-, I box it up. I take it. Yeah, I was just about to ask, King Thrash, what are you doing tomorrow at noon Eastern? Yeah. Let's let's get some of let's get some of the boys on and just start having discussions and not, you know, I I want to be more of a, you know, not that I am neutral, but create like maybe not a neutral ground. That's not the right word. You know, create a table that people can come to, you know, <laughs> and have conversations instead of yelling at each other all the time, you know. How'd the portal work while out of town? It worked well. I will not say that it worked great. It worked well. I liked it. I would use it. It got a ton of use. For the $199, I think it's well worth the purchase. My kiddos played Bluey on it a bunch. I played Ghost of Tsushima. But there's a limit on what it can do. I was all the way in Northeastern Ohio. My PlayStation was down here in my office in Kentucky. And it was impossible to play Returnal effectively. I played co-op with my nephew. It was impossible to play effectively. So that's where it's like, uh, y- yeah, you got to limit what you do with it or you're going to have a bad time. There are people putting out videos. There are people putting out videos acting like, oh, this thing's flawless. You can play it anywhere as long as you have Wi-Fi. Eh, no, <laughs> that's... That's not true. <laughs> you can play it anywhere there's Wi-Fi within reason. You can play certain games. You ain't going to play Sekiro or Returnal. You're not going to play games like that. You know, anywhere there's Wi-Fi. I'll know later today. I'll hit you up on Twitter. All right, Thrash, I'll look for it. I'll look for it. And my bad on not getting my lists to you for the show that you do. That's, that's my bad. I've just been really busy. It's really hard for me to do anything extra right now and I felt bad about that like I realized you tweeted about me yesterday and I had to laugh (laughs) he's like you know Reforge Gaming leaves the console war the same day that Xbox leaves consoles and I was like it's not my fault I didn't do this did by chance you check your routing while you're in Ohio no I had no way of doing that Paris no I mean I guess I could have got out the laptop and done it but I was the average consumer is not going to do that, and so I just based it off of my experience, and it was it worked well. You know, it, it wasn't great. It worked well. It did the job, and it got a ton of use. It was it was used every single day. It is a fantastic device for one ninety nine. It's like it's the price of a controller. People are like, I don't get why people are doing this. You can get a controller for your phone and do it on your phone, and I'm like, I I, I spent the cost of a DualSense Edge or an Xbox Elite controller. And I can take this thing with me everywhere and it gets tons of use. I that's as a consumer, I've received more than enough value for my purchase. Yeah, if you don't want it, great. If you don't need it, great. You know? 
Reforge took his PS5 with him. Well, I have two PS5s. I have a PS5 here in the studio, and then I took a PS5 with me there. When I used the portal in Ohio, it was remoting all the way back here to the PlayStation in Kentucky. And yeah, my PlayStation 5 was hardwired. Yeah, it was. Hard, it's hardwired right now into it. I made sure that the PlayStation and the router and the modem was all on the battery backup in case there was any kind of a power outage while I was gone. I wouldn't lose power. They wouldn't shut off. And it's, it's hardwired in and it was good it ran well it just there were certain things that just did not not work very well again returnal is pretty demanding returnal is pretty tough it's pretty tight it's pretty you know it's it's a game that you if you're going to play it over cloud streaming or or remote play you're going to potentially encounter issues any bit of lag or latency is going to make it tough Almost no one is going to be able to optimize our change settings of routers when traveling. You are most of the time going to have to use it as it is, and that experience isn't always going to be a great experience. Yeah, I actually had a more consistent experience on the hotel Wi-Fi, but I was closer to home. I was only an hour away. I wasn't five hours away. Kill You jumps back in as a member. Thank you so much. I saw someone who took a Switch, sideloaded Android OS, and ran uh, Steam Link with it. I would bet someone hacks the portal in a year to allow it to remote PC play. How's the battery life? I think the battery life's great. I didn't actually get out like a, a, a clock and track how long it worked, but I never once felt like it was dying too fast or anything. You know, multiple days. I think there was at least two days where it did not get charged. It was, it was in the box and on. The screen was off. And it got played both of those days for a couple of hours, two or three so I think it got between four to six hours of playtime before it needed to be charged. Severin with a $5 super chat tip. When you make the majority of your money on software, putting games in other places does make more sense. I assume that's why PlayStation is expanding. Yeah, I feel like PlayStation's doing a similar move, but in a different way. They're basically saying, hey, let's partner with someone who can help us get an arm in mobile because mobile is just such a cash cow. So I feel that being like more of a lateral additive thing and with Xbox, it doesn't feel like a lateral additive thing. It feels like a jettison. Like we bought all this property. Now we're going to jettison out and be more of a publisher. It feels very different, but I think the spirit is the same. Severin, I think what you're saying is true. I think the spirit is the same. It's like there's so much money to be made outside of the consoles. So PlayStation starts bringing their games to PC PlayStation's partnering with a company that's going to help them with mobile. I also think that company has a lot of uh, live service games coming, so that's also, you know, a coalescence. And I think Microsoft said, we lost the console fight, let's win the software fight. That's what we do. That's our that's our skill set. We have marketing, we have experience, we have industry and institutional knowledge that will help us become a killer publisher. That's what that's what I think their their strategy is. My prediction is a digital only Series X refresh next gen at three hundred. If you want Xbox's next console, it would be PC. Could even see them moving all Xbox libraries over to Windows Store. Mm, I don't agree with that. I think the goal with the next console is to have a hybrid cloud device to eliminate the idea of buying xbox hardware for power you would be buying an access point like their goal is like get into our ecosystem play our games anywhere you want 
So you got a phone, you got a TV, you got a PlayStation, you got Nintendo, you got a PC. Oh, don't worry. We have an Xbox access point console. You just buy this thing, hook it up to the internet, and you can get everything. Like, the console's part of the, you know, I'm the six-fingered man from the Princess Bride. It's the six finger on the hand. It's not the sen- it's not the center stage anymore. Um Severin Evans with a five dollar super chat tip. Perhaps we shall see. No way to tell how it's going to go yet. I assume the expansion is the next move for PlayStation and Xbox both. Maybe not though. What did Microsoft say now? The CFO of Xbox sat down at a Wells Fargo summit. If you're just tuning in, I can give you a bit of a recap and indicated there will be a, a bit of a change of strategy going forward. They will be putting their first-party experiences and their subscription services on TVs, mobile devices, and even places that were previously thought as competitors like PlayStation and Nintendo. He is essentially expanding upon and saying exactly the same thing that Phil Spencer said earlier this month when Phil Spencer said they no longer viewed PlayStation and Nintendo as competitors but as part of the community. He is saying the same thing, and he said it to investors, so he was more direct about moving into what he referred to as high-margin markets. So, they're basically moving towards being more of a third-party publisher than a platform. Hardware is not going to be their focus anymore. I, I do not think so. Series X, I believe, I believe the Series X will be the last high-performance piece of hardware that they sell. I don't think they're interested in the small margins sell it at a loss hardware push of a console and even Phil Spencer earlier this month said that he's really excited about what they're going to do the next time with their hardware and he says I'm very excited and looking forward to seeing what we can do in the future in terms of hardware I think we can offer something unique to Xbox users rather than just following what other companies are doing he's basically saying we're not going to be doing this again next time with PlayStation. We're not going to. There's no reason to. They lost. They lost. It's time to do, it's time to do something else. And that's why when he told Kind of Funny, he was like, we're not in the business of out-consoling PlayStation and Nintendo. And he says, we have to go out on our own and chart our own path. This is what he was talking about. Do you remember when he said Activision Blizzard is not their strategy? It's an accelerant to their strategy. That's what he was talking about. Their strategy is to be ecosystem publisher and Activision Blizzard helps them do that. Yeah, they lose upwards of like $200 on every console sale. It's just, it's not a, it's not a market for them. It doesn't work. It's not good. It works when it's a means to an end of saturating the market and selling a bunch of games, but they're not doing that. They're falling behind their previous generation. Meanwhile, PlayStation's on pace to exceed their previous generation. That's called migration. You're getting consumer migration from one one platform to the next. This is one of the reasons why PlayStation's doing remasters and bringing a lot of the old games up because they want a lot of these brand new PlayStation customers to start building that digital library and they want them to build that digital library with PS5 quality games that's why they're doing the the, the remake of Last of Us Part 1 that's why they're doing the remaster of Last of Us Part 2 because they're acquiring a lot of new customers who don't have a backlog and don't have a digital library and they want them to fill that library with first party property at a PS5 quality. That's the strategy that PlayStation's implementing because they're getting consumer migration. Parasito says, 
Xbox moving out of the hardware and into services and publishing means they also have to ramp up their infrastructure. I would not be surprised if Microsoft takes their Xbox stuff and straps it to the Azure to stop the bleeding by encouraging their subsidiaries to and devs to buy and use Azure services. Levi Sorensen with a $10 super chat tip. Very generous. Thank you. To your point, they put a lot of resources into the Asus ROG Ally and are getting people to use Game Pass on it. That's exactly right. Because they don't care about selling their own hardware. They want you buying their software, their subscription. That's what they want. That's what matters to them. It's way it's way easier to make a margin on that. Apple makes more than everybody combined and all they do is take a 30% cut of mobile game sales. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like in the gaming sphere, you're better off selling software. It's risky to try to sell hardware. It is. Like We've seen a lot of hardware things fail. We've seen a lot of hardware efforts not go well. It happened with Nintendo. It's happened with PlayStation. I mean, historically, it happened with Sega. The hardware team at Microsoft recommended Xbox go with an ARM design. That streams cloud. Oh, that screams cloud. Yeah, yeah, that's the that's the that's the cloud hybrid console that I think is coming, Brap. I think that's the next console. Is it's a it's a cloud hybrid. I think the marketing around it will center on being able to play any game instantly at high quality. I think that's what they're I think that's what they're going to push. They're probably going to move away from well maybe not. I don't know. If they can get xCloud quality to increase quite a bit, I could see them really pushing quality. I could see them moving away from 4K and 120 and really pushing the idea of play these games anywhere any screen anytime like instead of being like play these games at 4k i just i'm not sure if that's going to be the marketing they would have to really really ramp up how good xcloud works because right now they're behind on quality and capacity is a problem that's that's always going to be a sticking point for people like you can't convince somebody to use cloud if they gotta sit there and wait that's not going to work. The whole point of it is that you don't have to install the game. It's supposed to be really ease of it's supposed to be really really ease of access like in and you're playing. Arm will probably do good on handheld for battery life. I remember when those art those those documents got leaked. That's what a lot of people said. They said this arm stuff could really really help with basically getting a lot of power out of smaller devices and then doing more cloud. think next-gen hardware will be low-cost entry with access to the Game Pass library. Yeah. Yeah. I would say that there's a real positive way to look at this. Not, I'm not like trying to put a positive spin on it, but I think there's a positive way to look at this, that you're going to have three very distinct brands that offer three very different things. You know, you're going to have Nintendo. Nintendo's got their own identity. It's very family-oriented. It's it's very nostalgic-oriented. It's gaming on the go. The next Switch will likely be another, you know, hybrid on-the-go system. And then PlayStation's building what feels more like an Apple ecosystem where they have, like, high high-value premium accessories you buy in you got the vr you got the portal you got the controllers and the earbuds and they have like what i consider to be like high level premium games almost like blockbuster level high budget games 
And then Xbox is going more the route of like publisher ecosystem where you can access their games anywhere. It's more, it's just more nebulous. And I feel like that can be a big value to the consumer. Like you go wherever you feel like you're getting the most value. I think my biggest concern is how much property they own. And I don't think Microsoft handles game development very well. That's my biggest concern is that they're going to harm a lot of the property that they own in the process. Do you believe in the high-end console market? I do. I do. I know a lot of people don't. I think there are people that, I think justifiably, I think they think it's going to go away because it's too expensive. But I think that leisure markets, premium leisure markets, haven't gone away. Um, And I also think there was research that came out that said most of the people paying into the gaming ecosystems Uh, are in the six figures of annual salaries and I think those people are going to continue to want the 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 brightest and the best the fastest and the strongest and if you keep marketing to that vanity in the consumer's mind and you foster this ecosystem of like really cool accessories and and you know almost like again the apple feel of of high value premium you can be like, it's not premium, it's money hungry and greedy. I, you can think that that's fine. A lot of people think that about Apple, but Apple's been very successful. Their stuff is extremely expensive. I really want an Apple Watch. I can't believe how expensive they are, right? The one that I wanted was going to cost me around $800. That seems crazy to me for a wearable. But there's Apple crushing it, killing the game. I don't I don't think high-end consoles are are under any kind of threat. I don't. And there are people that don't agree with that. That's fine. One of us is going to end up being right and one of us is going to end up being wrong. I I think the high-end console market will continue, especially when a lot of people don't like this, but it looks like there's only going to be one it looks like there's going to be only one company doing it. Like PlayStation will be the premium high-end console nintendo will be the gaming on the go it'll be it'll be a different value offer and xbox is going to look more like an ecosystem and a publisher perhaps says sony is very apple like i mean even apple has some of its app on other devices but the focus will always be apple devices yeah yeah pc provides enough competition to keep sony in check or whatever you're worried about yeah, there are people that don't like the idea of Xbox in some respects, I'm not saying completely, but in some respects, people are like, man, if they vacate or they abandon console or they abandon hardware, that's concerning because, you know, PlayStation's going to suddenly basically be like a monopoly and they're going to they're gonna charge you $800 for a console and $200 for games. I, <laughs> I don't think so. I still think you have to have a healthy relationship with supply and demand, and you can hurt demand by charging too much, right? I do think in 10 years, if Sony is really the only guy out there with a high-end console and and what we would consider to be next-gen console games, if they're the only ones doing that, I do think they'll raise their prices. I think they'll do what Apple's done. I can't believe how much stuff costs when I go to the Apple store now. It's crazy. Why? Apple has built a very strong brand and a very strong product, and the market has bared it. The market has supported 
their pricing structure and their their increase in in cost of a device that you want to buy and i do think and people will say this is bad this is bad for the consumer that's subjective right if you have willing consumers that are paying that money and getting devices and experiences and games that they think are great your opinion about it being good or bad is totally fine but again it's it's subjective oh i missed your renewal narwaffle i'm sorry 17 months for Narwaffle and a VIP says the issue is if Xbox stops producing hardware and makes all Xbox gamers use the cloud, imagine the wait time to play games and we already see busy times on Xbox Cloud Gaming. Can't see it working. Yeah, they gotta have tech innovation on the horizon, Narwaffle. We also need better infrastructure. The internet infrastructure in America is terrible. You know, we need citywide fiber. We need citywide fiber in all major cities in America before you can even hope to get Western adoption of cloud gaming to be at a good place. <laughs> Nobody's going to want to play cloud gaming if they're, if they're, if their neighborhood internet sucks because they're not going to know, well, cloud gaming could be great. If my local cable provider didn't suck, like all they're going to know is that it's a bad experience. The consumer is going to this sucks and they're not going to do it. I missed yours. Vengeance. I'm sorry. Hang on a minute. You guys got to call me out when I do that. Um, Vengeance with 27 months in a VIP. What I want to see from Xbox, if they're serious about having their games everywhere, start with the Master Chief Collection. Give PlayStation Master Chief. I That seems... That just seems so foreign and so crazy and so alien, but stranger things have happened. I, I just... I don't know, man. I don't know. Preacher says Nintendo on the go, PlayStation high end, Xbox easy access cloud, PC just out there being PC. This is actually brilliant and great for consumers. Everyone offering something different and gives the people a lot of options. I like it. Yeah, the only thing I don't like about it is, you know, the the again the property and the developers that I believe will will be damaged by being owned by Microsoft. That's not Xbox hate. I think Microsoft ownership is toxic and acidic to creativity I think we've seen a lot of people leave um, we've seen a lot of people leave Xbox owned studios I believe that will happen a lot over the next five years I did call you out twice you just don't like me anymore it's okay that's not true the chat's moving like crazy I just didn't see it consolidation was supposed to address internet infrastructure here in the US yeah look how well that turned out freaking internet companies are just nothing but thieves and liars dude Creature says, what would you do to send a loud and more clear message that you are in it for the games instead of the money than putting Master Chief somewhere other than Xbox? Do you think PlayStation would want Master Chief? I'm not saying they wouldn't. I'm just entertaining the idea that they might say no. Hey, an order of coffee 10 minutes ago. Your name starts with the letter J. Picked up a triple threat. You can try all three flavors for 48 bucks. You actually save money. If you want to try the light roast, the dark roast, and the Frickmas blend, he just picked up a triple threat, a great bundle of Reforged Roast. If you're a coffee drinker and you like what I do here, that's a really easy way for you to get great coffee and support what I do. My wife and kiddos bag it up and ship it to you. You're basically supporting a small business. Reforged Roast is my property. It's in my house. They give you little thank you notes. 
with little adorable pictures. So check out ReforgeRoast.com. I don't promote it enough. I, you know, I should mention it more. I like to focus a lot on the talk show, but thank you so much for ordering that coffee. Take a look at my message in the Discord. Okay, hang on, hang on. Parasito says, Cloud hybrid is an interesting concept at face value. Yes, you could make it so that you can load games locally or just stream them, but that could also open the door for interesting tech for devs. Many games have a substantial portion of their file size taken up by the cutscenes, or the games that don't have dynamic cutscenes, that is. Imagine a game where you download the gameplay and you just stream the cutscenes. Yeah, or they offload a lot of the AI onto the cloud because a lot of the AI that's where they're seeing a lot of the AI developments landing first is with like NPCs and stuff and you can just offload that onto the cloud freeing up a lot of your uh, memory there was a developer or somebody that's close to development one day talking to us about this and they said that you know the constrained memory of the Series S is a problem for complex AI systems because they need a lot of memory to operate and that could have constrained the development of Starfield because you got all these NPCs and all this AI that has to be running and it you you're you're hitting a bottleneck of memory and that would that would completely alleviate that if you could develop a game for the series s and offload a bunch of stuff to the cloud that might solve some of the problems that the series s poses right now richard rodriguez with the two dollar super chat tip says xbox servers be like okay xbox gms aren't that desirable i'm not sure what you're saying stone spire gifts a member that is a really nice setup right there 30 out of 50 we'll see if you can bait somebody to drop a 20 bomb stone spire really really nice layup what a nice score over there 30 out of 50 thank you sir they want master chief collection master chief infinite and paramount maybe not so much it would be really interesting to see the popularity of the Master Chief Collection sold on PlayStation. I still have a hard time believing that that's going to happen. That seems otherworldly. You know, that seems so bizarre. I just, I don't know. The train of thought with AI and stuff being offloaded seems to come at the end of the line with Star Citizen and their upcoming server meshing tech. Yeah. Yeah, kind of how, like, No Man's Sky influenced the market with procedural gen. You could see Star Citizen influence the market with that tech that they're they're working on. That could, that could be a huge breakthrough. That could be a breakthrough for Xbox, especially. It really could. I didn't realize I've been wearing headphones this entire time. That could be a huge breakthrough for Xbox, because then they don't have to worry about having high-end hardware you just need the cloud access point and you could say hey you you can offload so much onto the cloud and it doesn't matter that the series s is weak it doesn't matter that the series x is now old like if the series x and the s become quote-unquote old in the next like six or seven years if the cloud tech is able to be leveraged in that way it wouldn't matter spot from Severn Everins. On the flip side of the coin, I'm sure Xbox would love Game Pass being on PlayStation and Nintendo. Million dollar question is, would they allow it? I have been saying no, Severin. It would have to be a very different version of Game Pass than what we see today. You, I don't think you could be doing day and date. You, you couldn't be doing day and date with third party like they did with Lies of P. You couldn't be doing day and date with first party like Call of Duty or Fallout or Elder Scrolls like big pieces of property like that PlayStation would not want to have a day and date Game Pass sub on their platform that allows people to not buy those games that's not that's antithetical to Sony's business model they wouldn't allow for that 
it would have to be a very different version of Game Pass. And again, that's just my opinion, but I, I it just seems so counter to what Sony does. And Nintendo, I don't know. That again, it seems as strange as Halo landing on, you know, it seems as strange as Halo landing on a PlayStation. I just, I don't see Nintendo playing well with others. They, they do not seem to be the type that would say, yeah, sure, put your Xbox Game Pass subscription on the Nintendo Switch. You know, it's like that, that seems, again, it seems contrary to, you know, everything that we know about these companies. It, it very, very much a, almost a, 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 it feels like a backflip. It's like, well, everything Nintendo and PlayStation have been working on and all of a sudden, suddenly you're going to buy their hardware booted up and see Xbox or Game Pass on there? I just don't know. Nintendo feels very much siloed up, walled up. They don't, they don't, they're not going to feel a need at all to work with, you know, Microsoft, you know? I, I don't, I don't, like, what kind of leverage, what, what leverage do you have over Nintendo? Like, what do you, what do you have? What are you going to say? You know, I, I don't see it. I'm scheduling the PC game show that we're going to go to in about 30 minutes. Uh, We're going to live stream that together. Guys, make sure you're smashing the like button. Make sure you're hitting subscribe if you want to talk in the chat. We need 30 more likes to hit 400 likes. Let's do that. Let's set our sights on that. Thank you to the new subscribers as well today that have been jumping in. Lono, not Nintendo, but PlayStation. Why not Xbox? It's about being everywhere, right? And and an Xbox guy saying that. I'm not saying that Xbox wouldn't want it. I'm saying PlayStation and Nintendo would say no. Unless it was a very particular version of Game Pass. Wasn't there an article a few years ago saying something about they wanted to put Master Chief Collection on PlayStation? I don't remember that. Master Chief Collection on PlayStation. I remember Phil Spencer indicating that they wanted to put Game Pass on other platforms. Right here, Game Rant reported in 2019, Microsoft apparently wanted Halo Master Chief Collection on the PS4. According to a recent podcast by former IGN journalist Colin Moriarty, there were once talks to bring Halo Master Chief Collection to the PlayStation 4. So according to Colin Moriarty of uh, Sacred Symbols, love you, Colin. That uh, That was a plan at some point. <clears throat> just noticed a cuphead shirt this comes from ripped apparel uh they do send me shirts and you can help me out by ordering shirts with my link uh in the description below or you can use the uh shirt command it's bitly you know how you can shorten links it's bitly forward slash reforge ripped and you can use that link and that supports me and they've got a great collection over there i got a whole new batch i'll be wearing over the course of the next couple of weeks i got a, i got i got a good christmas one that i'll wear to celebrate uh maybe december 1st tomorrow what's netflix doing with gta liberty stories game i don't know i saw an article about that i didn't have a chance to read it i somebody put it in the discord and i was i was sh- literally shutting down and i saw that and i was like oh i'll have to check that out later and then i went up to dinner so i didn't have a chance to read it so i'm not sure what's going on there And in 30 minutes, guys, 30-minute countdown to the next show, we're going to go over and co-stream the PC gaming show. They actually sent me, like, a care package, um, and 
did like a cool little 3D printed thing for me that is really, really cool, like a keychain. Really, 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 really neat. They reached out and said, hey, are you going to be co-streaming the event? I said, yeah, I'll co-stream the event. I like the PC game show. It can get a little campy and silly, but it's fun. And so we'll be co-streaming that in 30 minutes. And uh, it's not a sponsored stream or anything. They just sent me the care package as a thank you. Uh, And, and... I will gift the members that I owe you when we get over there. So currently, I owe you five members. If we can hit 50, I will owe you 10. I always like to pay that forward and say thank you for hitting those member counts. So if you guys want to hit 2,500 members, uh, you're going to have to hustle because tomorrow's a new month. So you guys might want to just roll into the new month and try and hit it in December. 2,500 and we'll do community game night. But don't forget, if you are a member, this Friday night, the return of Hilly Hijinks, my man from across the pond. We used to do streams together on a Friday night. It's hilarious. Really, really funny. But we're going to be playing the, what's it called? Terror Company? I keep forgetting the name of it. I keep forgetting the name of it. We're going to be playing Lethal Company. Sorry, it's a scary game. Lethal Company is a co-op scary game. We'll be playing that Friday night. So if you remember, don't forget every Friday night you can hang out with me and my wife for fun games and fun times. But this Friday, it's going to be me and Hilly. Severin Evans with another $10 Super Chat tip. Thank you for all the Super Chats today, by the way, guys. Really appreciate it. Severin Evans says, it brings up the biggest question once they go third party if that happens they're free to acquire whatever they like at that point would they consider it if they owned all third party ips there's too many there's too many companies in their way there's 10 cent there's 2k yeah i don't think so i don't think they i don't i don't know if they'd be able to do that to like own it all too many too many big too many big companies out there i think that'd be in the way of that Cliffo says, round two of the players vote vote for the Game Awards and Starfield didn't make it. It's not surprising. We saw that um, we saw that thing circulating that said uh, that said that Starfield was way down. Okay, so players voice round two. Which of your favorite game of the year? Player's Voice is 100% fan voted across three rounds. Vote up to five games this round. Hey, Hogwarts is still hanging in there, dude. I'm going to give Hogwarts some love. I'm going to give Liza P some love. I think that Liza P deserves some flowers, man. I really do. Obviously, I'm going to give Spider-Man some some love. I'm going to give Cyberpunk Phantom Liberty. That's one of the... I, I beat that, you know? I, I took the time every night to play that one. For a couple of weeks, really enjoyed it. I think I put about 25 or 26 hours into this DLC alone. Into this DLC alone. Really, really enjoyed it. I'm only going to vote for games that I put a decent amount of time into. So I'm going to give one there to Zelda. So there's the five. I'm going to submit my votes. It's probably, again, going to end up going to Baldur's Gate 3. I think Baldur's Gate 3 is going to... Basically, they're going to take like every category. Player's Voice, <laughs> RPG, Game of the Year. Uh, Baldur's Gate cannot be stopped. Um, so, Hogwarts getting to the final would be would be wild. I think it'd be really cool if Hogwarts could pull it out. I really do. Because we were looking at review scores of Hogwarts Legacy and Lies of P yesterday. And the user scores are significantly higher than the review outlets. And I always find that to be interesting. That, to me 
says the game was was better than the review outlets got it. I, I trust user score aggregates more than I do like Open Critic and Metacritic. I think Open Critic and Metacritic are good indications of what will get nominated because that's a representation of what the press thinks. But I ultimately think user scores are more valuable. And Lies of P and Hogwarts scored significantly better than what the press gave it. So when I was telling people that I didn't think Hogwarts would get nominated, it wasn't because I thought it didn't deserve it. It was because I was like, the press didn't score it high enough. It's 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 not going to make it. And because of the jury process. It's why Lies of P didn't make it. it J- Lies of P scored a 92% on Steam and it's got a 94% on the PlayStation uh, platform. And so the audiences are thinking very highly of those games. Um, so... Yeah, the, the media the the media doesn't, you know, it's not infallible, you know. There's going to be certain reasons why a game like Hogwarts or Liza P for whatever reason just doesn't get the same scores, you know, from the users. Yeah, I'm talking about the Pinocchio tax. Yes. There's clearly a Pinocchio tax like <laughs> Liza P didn't, you know, didn't get the score from the review outlets that it did from the users. That's just interesting. Baldur's Gate 3 got it. They caught everyone at a great time too, right after Diablo 4. Mediocre, that's because Hogwarts is a mid-RPG game. I mean, I don't expect everybody to think that our, Hogwarts is as good as, 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 as everybody else has scored it, but I think when a game pulls a score with the user base that's 10, that's 10 points higher than an average with the critics... I, I think that's a, I think that's a telling sign that perhaps the review outlets lowered the score for other reasons. Right? If a game is scoring significantly higher with the users than the media, I think that's something to pay attention to. That's true of Lies of P and Hogwarts. The users scored it significantly higher than the outlets did. I don't know why it happened to Lies of P. I think we all know why it happened to Hogwarts. You know the the false the false controversy and the lies. You know you're supporting bad organization. No, you're not. That was unsubstantiated and made up. But it it made the rounds on Twitter and it it convinced people that that they shouldn't play it and they should hate it and they should give it lower scores. Lies of P's scores don't make any sense to me at all. I don't get it. I I don't know why the outlets. Didn't didn't give it the the same scores as the users. That one's a weird one to me. It's a weird one, you know. Especially especially in light of the fact that like I had pretty high hopes for how Lords of the Fallen was going to do. Like I thought Lords of the Fallen was going to be like a surprise hit this year, and it just it it did fine, but it didn't blow the doors off. I thought it was going to surprise everybody. I thought that was the sleeper hit this year. I thought Lords of the Fallen was the sleeper hit. And, you know, it had it had some performance issues. It had some bugs and some glitches. You know, I think studios are still figuring out how to leverage Unreal 5. But Liza P, to me, if you look at the user scores, that's kind of the sleeper hit. You know, that's the one that feels a little absent from the from the the game of maybe the game of the year running. You know? If I was to put one up there, because people are like you know, the Resident Evil remake shouldn't be up there. Remake shouldn't be up there. I actually would put Liza P up there just based off of the user scores alone. Um, that, you know, it, it, it's the break. It's the breakout. Excuse me. It's like the breakout title this year. If not Liza P, then like Hi-Fi, Hi-Fi Rush or Final Fantasy 16. 
you know, if you were to take the remake down. I don't think they should take the remake down, right? There are people that think that, but, you know, I I don't think that's, I don't think that's needed. When Lies first released, a lot of people thought it was too difficult. I really, really liked it. I liked the perfect, I liked the perfect block. It really reminded me of Sekiro. I got, I got really good at the perfect block. Um, I just don't have a, I like my palette for FromSoft games. I'm, I, it's just hard for me to play games with high fail rates. Cause when you can only play for like 45 minutes to an hour, that's literally a couple of tries at a boss. And you're like, yep, got to try tomorrow. And my brain disengages. I'm just like, eh, you know, I, I'm, I'm just more casual. You know, I think you got to know the kind of gamer that you are. And I'm just more casual. I'm enjoying Returnal right now. I was enjoying Tsushima. I enjoyed, you know, Phantom Liberty. Beat that. I was enjoying Final Fantasy 16. I'm kind of waiting for Final Fantasy 16. I'd love for it to get a, a performance patch for its performance mode. So I kind of put that game on hold and started playing Phantom Liberty. Uh, I beat Jedi Survivor. I thought that was great. But again, I'm just more casual now. Like, I enjoy a game like Jedi Survivor significantly more than Lies of P. Um, so... It might be time to transition to being a mobile gamer. You disgust me. <laughs> I just, you know, it's just, it's just, you got to know what you like. Like, I really like Survivor, played it through. I loved Phantom Liberty, played it through. I was going to play through 16, but again, other games came out. Like when they fixed Survivor, I really loved it and wanted to go back to it. So I went back to it and, and put uh, Final Fantasy 16 on hold. And I was loving 16 for the same reason. I could just kind of play it casually. And it's hard to play a game like Lies of P casually because if you don't kind of stay on top of it, you're going to lose your muscle memory, your reflexes. Like you're just going to, you're going to struggle. Did you finish Remnant 2? Oh, Remnant 2 to me is like Assassin's Creed Mirage. It's in like a backlog for me. I loved Remnant 2. I was really, really enjoying it. But other games came out and I started playing those. Final Fantasy 16, Phantom Liberty. I played and beat Spider-Man 2 off stream. Like... I've actually carved out as much time as I possibly can this year for games because it's just, you know, I was head coaching my daughter's soccer team. That made it tough. Evenings get eaten, you know, evenings get eaten up as a dad. They get gobbled up and before you blink and it's like time to go to bed, you know, it's really, really hard when you're in a season of life when you have all these other responsibilities. You know, I've had people give me a lot of grief about that and I think a lot of them ignore the games that I have played and I have beat but they're also ignoring the fact that like when you're in certain seasons of life you just can't play games as much you know what do you want me to do <laughs> you know what do you want me to do I'm not living that bachelor life you know there's trade offs I enjoy coaching my daughter's soccer team a whole lot more than you know video games that's just where I am <laughs> that's a higher priority for me you know that season of life is so short you know you talk to parents and it's like dude you know, you got to play less Bluey and more Remnant too. I haven't played Bluey. That was my daughter. I probably have a bunch of trophies in Bluey. <laughs> I probably have a bunch of trophies in Bluey. She was like, I did everything. And now I'm going back and getting three stars on stuff. And I'm like, good job, girl. And I was like, oh, wait, that's on my account. <laughs> so, yeah, I'm going to have a lot of playtime in Bluey this year. And it's not me. <laughs> People are like, this guy plays more Bluey. Then other game man, this guy's crazy. This guy's a fraud, dude. He, he's full time Bluey player. <laughs> she was really liking it. She was really liking it. 
Watching your Xbox, uh, watching your Xbox, that Starfield presentation had me. Must admit, I haven't played it, uh, but going by the wild. Any comments? I'm not sure what you're trying to say, Omar. You're saying you were really excited about Starfield, but you haven't played it? Bluey review roundup when? <laughs> She's increasing your gaming cred. That's right. That's right. Liza P made it in the top 10 for player's choice. No Starfield, though. Yeah, I think Liza P will potentially even make it to the next round, you know? I think it's just going to be really hard. I think Baldur's Gate 3 is going to take it. You know? It's clear there's just a, there's a, there's a massive amount of audience and support um, for that game. There just is. And that's great. I, I'm, not, I'm not upset about that. I think that's awesome. I think it's just going to be almost impossible to beat. Kenpachi says, same, just found out my wife is pregnant with our second. Yeah, like, you just go through seasons of life where, like, you just can't play as many games, you know? And what Omar said this, uh, he's up in the chat, Omar David. You know? And, you know, if if folks want to weaponize that and, and misrepresent me and false frame me and lie about me because I'm in a season of life where I can't play a lot of video games... You know, that's fine. I that I, I think that's pretty vile, but, you know, that's what people are going to do. You know, that's how people decide to engage on the internet. Some people, that's just their thing. Some people obsessively watch speedrunners or guide videos. And some people are just, you know, they just enjoy being toxic. <laughs> you know, I, that's just the way it is. Oh, you're saying based on how things evolved, it did not match up. I mean, I'm not going to try to convince you to play Starfield. I was coming around to it and enjoying it, and then I played Phantom Liberty, and I was like, this is like a superior RPG. I, You know, everybody's different. There are people that would never touch Cyberpunk and love Starfield. There are people that have put, you know, hundreds of hours into Starfield. It really comes down to your preferences, you know? There are people that have put hundreds of hours into sim games. I would never do that either, right? I put hundreds of hours into Elden Ring. And yesterday I had a conversation with a member that was like, he loves games with melee combat like Jedi and Tsushima, but he just doesn't feel like he can adapt to the harder games. And he's like, so he he would look at me putting 130-something hours into Elden Ring, and he's like, I would never do that. You know, however many hours I put into Sekiro, I don't remember, 30 or 40 or something. So... It just comes down to your preferences. I would not be able to do that. I would not be able to put in large amounts of times into Starfield because it just it didn't hook me. If it hooks you, you can tell the people that get hooked by it, man. They put in the work. They're on New Game Plus and they're having a ball. And I think that's exactly how you should treat games. You know? I, I feel like there's just this weird sense in which when someone decides a game is good, if you don't like it, you're somehow suspect. It's like, if you gave the game a shot, like, I'm more suspicious of people who are critical of, like, games when they, they're like, oh, yeah, uh, that's just a movie game. That's just a quick time game. You're not doing anything. And it's like, well, have you played it? Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, a lot of the times you hear the criticisms of PlayStation games, and I'm like, yes, but have you played it? You know, it's scoring well. The users seem to be loving it. Yeah, it, it seems to be... Dragon Accord, it seems to be doing well. Why, you know, why are you hammering away at this, at this game now? But if you tried it, like I'll give an example. Doc Dark, he got bored in uh, God of War Ragnarok, right? 
I'm never going to convince him to not be bored, right? Now, maybe he leaves a negative review. I could reply to it and tell him that, you know, it's not boring like Bethesda did with the Starfield reviews. (laughs) Like, I, I couldn't believe what I was reading. Like... It's, it's not weird that they replied. It's weird that they were, like, trying to, like, correct people's opinions. Like, telling the one person this is not boring. But, like, I'm never going to convince him or change his mind about that. There are people that try to bait me. That jokingly, jokingly, they'll try to bait me. They'll, like, bash Hellblade because it's, like, my all-time favorite game. Or they'll bash, like, Ghost of Tsushima. But if somebody truly plays Hellblade and they're like, I don't get it, I don't like it. Or they play Tsushima and they're like, I don't get it, I don't like it. That's not offensive to me. I'm like, that's I don't that's fine with me, dude. Not every game is gonna is gonna scratch the itch. Not every game is gonna hook you. You know? Five spot from Outsider. I felt I had to beat every game I bought before the new one. I one hundred G Lords of Lords I don't know, a thousand G I don't know what you were trying to say. Lords to Remnant 2 to Mirage. Um since the last six months, games have been hard to ignore, and then a two-spot. I also bought a PS5, too, so yay, backlog for me. Yeah, my backlog's really full, because I actually really, I really, really liked um, AC Mirage more than I thought I was going to. And I was like, great. Great. I now have another game to add to the backlog, you know? Game Right Army, what are they saying? Yeah, yeah, that was the video I saw this morning. I follow Game I follow Game Right on Twitter. He's saying, "Warning: Stay away from Batman: Arkham Trilogy on the Switch. This is unplayable." Yeah, it's just clear that you know the next Switch is just going to have to offer. It's just going to have to offer the ability to to get better performance. You know, they're they're gonna they're gonna have to they're gonna have to up the power and from what we're hearing that's that's a that's a distinct possibility you're trying starfield but it's putting me to sleep so far the advice i've seen people give about enjoying starfield is to stick to the main quest there's a point in time where the main quest kind of turns a corner and if you can get around that corner and you're starting to enjoy it well then you can start to branch out and do other you know, side quests and stuff. But if you can't get to that point, then it's fine. Just play something else, you know? Don't force the issue. Like, that's one of the things where, you know, if I'm not enjoying a game and it's not doing it for me, you just put it down. People are like, is this guy even a gamer? Well, yeah, I just, I know what I like now. You know? Like, are you even a fan of music? If you have a certain couple of genres you like and you don't like the rest well of course you're a fan of music you just have acquired tastes and preferences and that's what you like playing now now sometimes your preferences will change I used to hate rogues and now I kind of love them I love Returnal it's one of my all time favorite games and I think rogues are perfect for VR I'm, I love that Gazzlers game on PSVR 2. It's so fun. But I also was really loving RoboQuest with my nephews. It's just so fun. Like, you can just get in a really fun play session. You get some cool unlocks. You'll be a little bit stronger next time. It's really fun. Like, And I used to hate Rogues. So sometimes it takes the right game to be the catalyst for you to be like, I didn't used to like these games. Like, for me, the catalyst to enjoying Souls games was Dark Souls 3 and then Sekiro was like transformational because Sekiro almost broke my spirit, but I pressed on. It was 
there was almost a psychological spiritual aspect to beating Sekiro because of the, everything I had been going through like not giving up not quitting you know, overcoming it was was it just was really special and so that that was a catalyst but then Elden Ring kind of hurt Souls games for me because I, I absolutely love the first half of Elden Ring I think it's like perfect it's it's perfection with respect to the souls aspect and the bosses and the open world exploratory purpose it's magnificent art direction all of it and then the back half after the fire giant i'm just like i don't like this it just i it it gets into a rut with aoe and spam and i'm just like yeah i just don't enjoy this and i've seen a lot of souls fans echo that that they feel that the second half of Elden Ring is just is just not as good as the first. And there are people that completely disagree, and they think the second half of Elden Ring is magnificent. And that's fine. That's great. We can have differences of opinions there, but that kind of soured me a little bit. Like, I think I'm going to have to warm back up to, 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 to Souls games again, because in some of it's just where I am. Like, I was able to really play the heck out of Elden Ring because we streamed it a bunch. And we're not there anymore. Like, I can't put in weeks of gameplay like we can't do that like we used to it's it's we don't have the time we don't have the time block for it and it just is it's not really what our main offering you know we're a talk show and so that's that's very much like a it's too big of a shift from what you guys like and what you guys want to tune in for and so it makes it difficult to then play a souls game because you've got to literally Except that I'm going to play for an hour and probably not win. <laughs> and I don't like that. That's not satisfying for me. I like to play an hour in Jedi Survivor and move the story along and check some boxes and get some level ups. Like, that's just where I am. That's my preference. And knowing your preferences, I think, is how you enjoy games. I think these people that obsess over trophies and platinums and, you know, they're, they're, they're trophy checking you or they're saying you didn't finish a game or whatever, I do it doesn't feel like they enjoy games. It feels like for them, it's like a compulsion and they force it. And I think to them, it's, it's a way to like go brag about, look what I did. And it's like, I don't, I don't think there's a lot of joy and mirth there. It feels very mechanical and cold. And it feels like it's attached to some weird sense of identity and ego. And I think, I just don't think that's healthy. I think it's meant to be an outlet and a leisure activity. It's meant to be relaxing and fun. And that's, that's how I treat it. <clears throat> so, I think that's a path to enjoying games more, personally. Um, to to treat them in that way. Hang on, I got a high chat. We got to go over to this PC gaming show in six minutes. I owe you guys five members. If you guys want to bump the line to 50, you've got some time. We could scramble in the next six minutes and go crazy if you want. If not, that's totally fine. Let's get the light count up, though. We're right at 400. I guarantee you we could hit 500. I bet you there's 100 people who haven't hit like yet. If you've been lurking, if you've been enjoying the show, don't forget to do that daily ritual. It helps me out, and it helps the video out, and it's free. So make sure you're doing all of the things. Trophy hunters have severe OCD like myself. I have to see the platinum trophy next to games I've played. It's interesting because it's not even on my radar. Like, I don't even check. You know, there are people that, like, that's their thing. You know, they're checking. And I'm just like... Because a guy said something to me on Twitter. He's like, it's really easy to get platinum in Elden Ring. 
He's like, why wouldn't you do it? And I told him, I said, well, think of a game genre that you don't like, right? We all have game genres that we don't like. So think of a game genre you don't like. For me, it's fighting games, racing games, and sports games. They just have never really appealed to me. Probably related to the fact that my brother would beat the crap out of me in Tecmo Super Bowl. He would beat the crap out of me in Street Fighter and Killer Instinct. And what did I say? Oh, and racing games. I've just never been particularly partial to racing games. I can't really tell you why. But I just don't. It's maybe because I lost a bunch in Mario Kart. I don't know. I was best at GoldenEye, so I gravitated to the shooters. So, for me, uh, if, if, where was I going with this? Where was I going with this? I just lost my train of thought because I saw somebody say free Abe and I was like, what's going on in the chat? Are you guys saying free Abe? Um, oh, the trophy hunting. Right. So I told him, I said, think of a genre you don't like. And I'm going to ask you, well, why don't you play that genre of game? And you're going to be like, I just don't really enjoy it. Well, that's what it's like for me to trophy hunt. It feels like something from another world. It's like, I don't, I don't, I don't do that. It's not on my radar. I don't know if I've ever checked a trophy listing on a game ever. I boot up the game and I play the game and I do the side missions and I, you know, try to fill the map out. I remember I did like a 200% run through Batman Arkham Knight. I remember I checked all the boxes in Spider-Man 1 and I don't, but I've never gone outside the game to be like, oh, what are the trophies? What are the Chivos? I've just never done that. Five Spot from Outsider says, I feel attacked. I complete all achievements in games due to the price of games. And if I can get 90 hours plus, I get what I paid, but overall, it's a me. I think you meant to say it's a me thing. I'm going to imagine that you meant to say it's a me Mario at the end there. It's a me. <laughs> Mario. <laughs> um, all right, hang on a second. All right, three minutes. We're going to go over to... Let's set up the cap card to this. We're going to go over to this. Uh, Does it make you happy? Does it hurt anyone else? That's my criteria for how you play. What if it makes you happy to hurt someone else? (laughs) What about that? You know? I really like to play fighting games, but my favorite thing to do is I go to, like, middle school gaming clubs and I beat the tar out of these (laughs) 5th graders and 6th graders in Mortal Kombat. They cry every time. It's great. (laughs) You know? Like, I'm the champ around these parts. I'm defined as a trophy hunter. I will try to get the platinum if I'm close to getting a platinum, but otherwise I don't get it. Yeah, it just never appealed to me, you know? I just think the... When someone values something and they get mad when someone else doesn't value it, I just think that smacks of insecurity. It's like you're just insecure. You know, well, I like this and I do this and you don't. And therefore you're an idiot or you're dumb. And it's like, I, that just, you sound like, that just sounds insecure. You know, it's like, you're not, you shouldn't feel threatened by somebody not liking something that you like. Like that's, you know, I don't know. It's just weird. Mm -mm -mm. Is the person enjoying the humiliation? (laughs) 
<laughs> here I'm gonna send a tweet and then put the link in the discord and then we're gonna shift gears alright Apparently they have a bunch of of games to show in this. Okay. I'm going to put a link in chat. I'm also going to redirect you guys. Smash like before we go over to this stream and make sure you smash like when we get over there. Thanks so much for checking this out. This is going to be my co-stream of the PC Gaming Show Most Wanted put on by PC Gamer. We really appreciate the fact that they sent us like a package, like a like a care package. It This is not sponsored, but they just said, hey, you know, are you going to check out the PC gaming show? And I said, yeah, I'll co-stream it. And so they said, hey, thanks so much. We'll send you a care package. So this is not like sponsored or anything like that. And uh, we do like to cover these events. So if you like PlayStation showcases or Nintendo or Xbox or the PC gaming show, make sure you hit subscribe and the bell button on this channel. Thank you, William Lewis, for the $5 super chat says I'm the same way. I play a lot of games and I finish the story and such. But then some people say I'm not a real gamer because I don't get all the achievements. Yes, we were discussing previously about getting achievements in games. And does that mean you're not a gamer or didn't complete the game? I'm going to end the previous stream and redirect people over from our discussion about the C3 